0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about answering the question, is Destiny too easy? If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, any of the places that podcast hits, uh, SNTR Presents is available on all podcast platforms. You can always catch me live Monday through Friday at SNTR SNTRlive.com. Com. That'll bring you right to the YouTube channel for these live discussions. If you'd prefer to maybe interact with the community off uh, when I'm not streaming, make sure to go to sntrnetwork.com, make a login, and use the community Q&A. So, is Destiny too easy? I think is a question that comes up actually pretty regularly. This to me doesn't feel like a new conversation because typically we get through a raid and then everyone says, "Oh, it's so easy now that we're above delta," or "It's so easy now that contest modifier has turned off." But it does feel that the conversation uh, is is heating up more maybe than it has in the past because Deepstone Crypt is seeing a lot of completions, maybe more so in the past, and people are concluding that this means the game is just way, way, way too easy., uh, we do want to consider throughout this entire video that the PVE player engagement is much higher than it was during the month following Garden of Salvation. So it could be some correlation mixed with causation. Let's just open up by talking about Deepstone Crypt as kind of the kickoff to the video. The Deepstone Crypt did see a significant increase in player participation for its opening weekend. This was celebrated by Bungie, so seems like this was part of their goal in giving us the two week period as well as making leveling not so terrible. Many, however, are attributing this to the raid being too easy and that the day one emblem should not be a handout. Obviously, I strongly reject a lot of those notions and think a lot of people either make hot takes to Impression Farm or just continue to make it clear they don't really speak to the common player they they are in a very very small minority within the player base which is totally fine everyone's allowed to like the game in their own way but it doesn't necessarily mean they're the best representative of the community at large given the millions of people that play every week are likely not to think in the same way the beyond light raid was the first raid in destiny 2, I think in destiny 2 to feature some really really big changes now first we had the long window prep i know we had the long window prep before however this was compounded and combined with better leveling and the newly introduced contest modifier contest modifier was introduced for crown and garden but both of those raids suffered either a short window for crown or garden still kind of struggled to have really better leveling backfilling and things like that that weren't happening nearly as often i found this time around the leveling to be significantly faster even though i still don't like aspects of it way more people were able to jump in day one comparatively uh, to garden we also just for some reason again this could be because of game pass we saw a surge of just actual daily player base engagement right now that is likely also adding to the number more people kind of came back around or are jumping in for the very first time. Now, I think one of the reasons that people are kind of uh, maybe contradicting themselves here is some of the teams that are considered the quote-unquote best couldn't even manage to land in the top 10 and fell well outside of world's first contention, which would lead me to believe that the raid actually was challenging. This is pretty much symptomatic of every new raid. That first weekend, that first sort of attempt is always a lot harder, and then the next week they're all doing low mans, two mans, three mans, and everyone's like, oh, this this raid is a joke. People said the same thing about Garden. People have generally said the same thing about a lot of the raids in the weeks that follow because the quote unquote best teams go in and uh, and shred them. Okay? Now I think what we're doing is, is we're conflating two things and that's why I want to talk about Difficulty Spectrum next. I think the biggest issue is a lack of difficulty spectrum. Okay, Hard mode raids, dungeons, and even content loops like the Empire and the Wrathborn hunts are begging for harder versions. Now, Empire hunts let you raise the difficulty, but it still again is just primarily a material grind, so the loot's not really landing there as a motivator, but at least Empire hunts do have difficulty spectrum. Dungeons, raids, and as I also said, the Wrathborn hunts just sort of sit there as the this normal quick escapade for most practice players and practice teams, and so they just automatically assume this stuff is too easy. The dungeons were getting beaten faster and faster. If you think about the way dungeons are designed, okay, dungeons are designed for solo flawless to be possible. Okay, would anybody argue then that dungeons are too easy if they are designed in their core infancy, from a developmental standpoint, to be soloed? flawless by, one, by by a single player. Well, no, you wouldn't conclude that. So the fact that Bungie is designing raids at a normal level to be regularly beaten by a team of six that knows what they're doing does not automatically mean that raids are too easy currently now that we have loot depth i actually think you got a depth weapons on the horizon raid armor featured its own unique mod slot bungie can actually start creating depth and get more capital out of their gear to give those harder modes purpose empire hunt weapons should maybe drop with an extra perk or something or drop a depth if you do the harder versions. This would be a reason to create more depth within the weapon itself. Anytime Bungie creates a weapon, I actually think they should consider creating a normal and an adept version. So if it lands in Strikes, if it lands in Gambit, anywhere it lands, the better versions could be out in the distance behind a harder mode, or maybe a seasonal rank you have to unlock with the NPC, or in this case, put them in a harder version of the raid, the dungeon, or the actual content loop route like the Empire and the Wrathborn hunts. To assert that Destiny has become too easy simply because normal modes are mastered so quickly, I think is to confuse ability, familiarity, and synergy with something being too easy. Just because your team has better abilities, you've been playing Destiny for over half of a decade by now so you're better at the game than you were in the past have you ever raided with somebody and then six months later they're no longer a detriment to the team you enjoy raiding with them that is proof positive that people just get better at the game the more they play it familiarity is a huge factor you know where to stand you know the angles to avoid you know best strategies for melting a boss or for oh don't do that mechanic that way anymore if you do it in this order it's way easier these things always emerge in the weeks that follow the raid as well as just basic team synergy i know this from years of running raids as a more service oriented streamer in destiny 1 people would come in and be flabbergasted at at the fact that anybody struggled with a single encounter it just blew their mind my team does this in 45 minutes every weekend yeah and you're always raiding with the same people you have optimum loadouts and everybody knows exactly what to do and everybody conflates that with it's easy simply because you have the ability familiarity and team synergy to glide over it this is not a new conversation in the Destiny community this is one we've actually had before so let's end by talking about content creators okay no shade intended but a lot of them are the driver of this conversation and I think a lot of them have done this for years they're not actually saying anything new if you go back and after Forsaken and after keep a lot of similar statements were made. I believe that Destiny content creators have become difficult to please. Many of them have centered their content around things that Destiny has never consistently offered. And some, I believe, have just hit fatigue levels where they quickly become bored and annoyed with the game and this shades their feedback and their input. You are allowed to play this game and enjoy this game any way you want. I will never tell you how to play or what you should and should not enjoy, but I do believe a lot of them play the game in a way and have really centered their content and how they make money around doing things in the game that, again, just are never really consistently offered. This has never been a super hardcore, insanely challenging game. It's just never been that way. It's been a game that's very playable, that's very casual, if you want to treat it in that way. And then they've always had nightfalls and raids and content at the upper echelons for the more practiced and more seasoned, you know, players to go into. The jaded and predictable feedback cycle of streamers and YouTubers playing through the content, ringing it out like a rag, It just, hasn't changed over the years we have been here every single content cycle in the third or fourth week we start hearing from content creators and youtubers about how bored they are and they don't have anything to do this happened in Forsaken in Shadowkeep it happened in season of dawn it happened in the Taken King I I made a video a month after Taken King basically telling people it was okay to take a break Since the Forsaken expansion, I have argued that hardcore content creator hours and desires are actually not good for the player base, and most of their champion feedback has been removed from the game. If you remember, all of them argued for slow leveling, painful infusion. They, they wanted the difficulty of Escalation Protocol raised. All those things have been removed. Infusion is actually easier. They hand out upgrade modules like Candy. It's not as expensive as it used to be and they've made leveling significantly faster and more accessible and look what happened the minute they did that, the minute they smoothed over those rough edges that were primarily built to keep people out as a form of passive gatekeeping all the hardcore, more ardent and and more committed streamers and youtubers, they don't like it. Why? Because for the past two years I have consistently said that's not good for the player base at large. That is built around streamer hours and streamer feedback. And the more their input has been removed for the game, the less happy they have become. And again, this is just the result of a game that has a mixture of both casual and hardcore players. The hardcores are always going to get to the front of the wave and land in the shallow water before everybody else because they play the game at a level and an interval that almost nobody else does this doesn't invalidate their feedback but it certainly makes it very bias laden i've always tried to take up for the community at large so is destiny too easy no i don't think so i think it lacks difficulty spectrum and loot depth and that would certainly help with some of these criticisms and some of these seeming content and loot vacancies but I don't believe the game has become too easy. It's a little bit more accessible with respect to leveling and getting into endgame content, but it's not actually lacking challenge uh, and lacking things that are tough for most of the player base. So we're going to transition to Q&A. If you disagree with me, get in here. Let's discuss Let's get into the ring. If you're listening to this on other locations as a recording, always catch me live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about, Is Destiny Too Easy? If you're listening to this as an audio podcast anywhere that you can find SNTR Presents, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday during the day at sntrlive.com If you love these Q&A sessions but can't catch them live, you can also use our community Q&A forum that is on the SNTR Network website. Just go to sntrnetwork.com and make a a login for engagement with the community that doesn't happen live and eventually we may start using that in q a and featuring highly upvoted or good questions first question coming in from clap for you bungie has a place a recipe uh for everyone to succeed in season by season other than end game loot do you think that should be something that distinguishes hardcore players from casuals well i would definitely say full raid armor sets especially if you go for the high stats full raid armor sets and raid guns with really good god rolls i'm telling you right now this idea that casuals are 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 clamoring to to the to the raid and 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 coming out with tons of loot and god rolls and full sets of armor I just think this is a bit of a phantom. I really don't think the increased number of completions means that there are casuals all over the game with, you know, with all of the raid loot. I, I I don't think so. So if you're running around right now with really good raid guns, rolled the way you like them, with those perks that are unique to them, and you're also running, you know, your you know your armor from the raid because our armor looks pretty good. I would I would wager to say you're in a small percentage of players. the 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 higher completion rates aren't just because Deepstone's easy and they're handing out loot like uh, like crazy. Now I will say this I will say this I will concede this point. The fact that you can just grind the first encounter that gives the spoils of conquest, which would be security. You can grind that over and over and over and over and over again, get a fat stack, and then go beat the boss and just buy a bunch of weapons that you've already unlocked. I think that does create um, an avenue to raid loot and to god rolls that might be a little uh, in need of some tweaking. Uh, I definitely think the ideal situation would be people feeling like the best thing to do is to run the raid beginning to end as opposed to what many are doing. Now I don't, again, I don't necessarily think this means that you're suddenly facing this, this groundswell of casuals that are gonna walk away with tons of loot, and then you're in this weird scenario of, oh man casuals got everything so super easy, now you know, there's no reason for me uh, to do this. Yo, thank you, Nick, for picking VIP. Make sure if you guys pick a VIP membership, to use the Discord command and sync up with YouTube, so you can use the VIP lounge to build a team for this Friday's raid race night. If you want to play with me, uh, make sure and do it, do that. So, even though I will concede there are aspects of the loot pursuit of the Deepstone Crypt raid that are potentially maybe a little too uh, a little too greased. Think of it this way. Let's say you really want a god roll on the hand cannon, right? and you manage to get one already, and the rest of the loot doesn't interest you. I mean, you can go kind of crazy. You keep your loot pool small. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. And then you you get all those tokens, and then you go to the end encounter and just spend them all trying to get a god roll. I mean, that is very, very transactional. Within the realm of raid loot, that is probably the, the most transactional... Raid loot delivery we've ever had, okay? So, I would say some of that might need looked at. Maybe they need to give you more... Like a... Like a... Like a... Um, a Spoils of Conquest buff or something. When you go... You know... In order. Uh, they could do a bounty or something. Where if you complete the bounty... And you run all of them... You get like a nice fat stack of Spoils of Conquest... To where running security all day would be maybe less appealing and so you would feel maybe a little bit more rewarded for playing the entire raid Uh, whenever this came up before we had this idea of a currency before a currency earned that then can give you extra drops and we always came back to the same problem well then people are just going to run the easiest encounter and save up the currency in my original idea what i said was each encounter would either check a box on a bounty or be pieces of a key so once you're done with the entire raid, you can make one key for one extra drop they've essentially done that one complete raid run is 20 for the spoils and that's enough to buy one gun, that's enough to buy like one extra drop that's essentially the idea we originally had, unfortunately folks are doing what we were, we, you know, we were worried that they would do and you just sit there and just literally only run the first encounter until you hit the cap and then you go spend all your spoils You might even do it until all characters are at cap and you've got them in the postmaster. Uh, You know, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go cash in all these, uh, all these tokens for, for weapons. Um, so it's a good system, but it certainly isn't perfect. However, I don't think anything I'm saying bolsters the opinion or the viewpoint that like hardcore players don't have anything to distinguish themselves from especially if you're grinding high stat armor on Europa, god rolls from the raid, and then you're going to have adept weapons and Trials, hopefully, in a couple of weeks if Trials actually ever does come back out of the oven you know how much can you hold, I think it's 240 and then what, does it then put 240 in the postmaster um, you can hold 240 so that, you know, that's that's. I don't know if they, I don't know if they continue to go to your postmaster I kind of thought they did um, oh it's account based the max is still two hundred and forty. Oh, d- do they ever go? Do they ever go to the to the to the the postmaster? Um, I've started to realize some top streamers who love the game are actually ruining the game. They find ways to devalue the content. Love the stream, keep you doing you, uh, keep doing you winning formula. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, they just disappear. Somebody's saying they do go to the postmaster. Okay, so you can get you, but you can't do it on all your characters. You do one, and so what? You get to 240, and then another 240. So what? 480, I guess, would be the max, um, if they if they always cap at the 240 on the stack. So yeah, I mean, again, none of what I'm saying is like I'm not trying to make a big criticism here. It's pretty low level criticism, you know, that this is a little too transactional, and I this is one of the reasons I was pushing back on some of the notion uh, from Greg. Greg recently co-hosted an episode with me, and uh, and one of his opinions is that there there should be RNG protection in the raid because he keeps saving up and buying the caches and not getting the, uh, the armor pieces or the guns he needed or, or whatever it is he doesn't have yet. And I continue to say, whoa, 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 whoa. This is the most transactional raid loot's ever been. They don't need to also give you RNG protection unless it's on a week-by-week basis. So by week three or four you're more likely to get any of the missing pieces that you still haven't managed to get I'd maybe be okay with that but I don't want people brute force and RNG protection run it 20 times in a week right I mean we already are very very transactionally uh, getting this, this raid loot do you ever think we'll go back to the days where people flock to the tower because uh, people see you with raid armor and exotic weapon? I mean, we yeah, we don't even really they're they're limiting our reasons to go to the tower, especially once they make it to where you know they've said that their their goal is to make it to where you can grab your bounties uh, from your ship. I mean, that's gonna limit that's gonna limit tower visits just that as well as what they've already uh, as what they've already done. So yeah, I I definitely think. I definitely think that I like what they built but I also think that there is a huge risk in, in going too transactional and if you go too transactional um, you you're always going to have this this potential dilemma of of the loot being delivered with ease and the content then just kind of becomes it's, it's superfluous, it's like kind of beneath you, um kind of the way Fractaline and Umbrals ended up being. It was just too transactional. There is such a thing as too much of a good thing, and when I was constantly, you know, pushing for Ada's bounties and frames to be everywhere, that was too much of a good thing. That dominated year three, and, um, you know what I mean? So, N.A. Painter with the next question. When talking about ease things never just come down to weapons armor and fame sense in my opinion the only thing making destiny as easy as it is is mods like protective light war mine cells because they take away key aspects of gameplay thoughts well first and foremost i i did i did say in my talk i do feel maybe it was not in my talk it might have been the interim we are so much stronger than we used to be uh, the, the builds you can come up with, your ability uptime, your crowd control, and your damage output is kind of insane, if you think about it. It it really it really really is, especially if you're running like lament. And what you can do, um, what what you can do is, um. I I think in a in a in a realm that we didn't really have in raids past. And when there was the potential for us to have that power in raids past, they took it away like when touch of malice was going to be a problem for wrath of the machine, um you know, they 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 nerfed touch. Or they adjusted how touch worked with the double bubble strategy. You know, they've they've always tried to kind of push push back on our power. Well, now we're I mean we're so strong. Um, I mean, this was one of my minor criticisms of the final boss in the Deepstone Crypt is that it is built against how strong we are. It's not a good encounter per se it is and it isn't right the damage phase i think is an overbaked cake it's like you are clearly trying to slow us down right you're clearly trying to slow us down and you're 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 gearing and you're structuring a fight around how strong we are okay so and I, th- that's a concern isn't it like I- I- at this point right um I- I th- at this point it's going to become a question of if the content continues to have to be legislated to how strong we are, isn't it going to continually be a little, you know, absurd? You know, if every boss encounter has to be built in that way, right? So, I would say this is where hard mode needs to come in to play. Contest modifier keeps you on your toes, right? And 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 slow down damage, right? And that way you don't need to design an encounter that is so bent on slowing damage down now obviously a really really good team can one phase most of the time we were going in we were getting really close to a one phase i just think we needed better divinity placement or more consistent divinity placement and we had been fine also just some sloppiness when stepping in and we had some weird things going on however that comes from finessing a mechanic which doesn't mean that they didn't overbake the cake, right? You got to knock off all four engines or thrusters and bank all four balls to get a long enough damage phase to one phase it. Now, I like that. That's reminiscent of Axis where if you did the plate slamming, right? If you did the plate slamming, you could get increased damage output at axis and it's a similar thing here. If you can finesse a four ball slam, you get a significantly longer damage phase which enables you to do a one phase or almost a guaranteed uh, two phase. Unless you're just asleep at the wheel, it's a two phase if you do the four ball strat. It's it's a one phase if you're really finessing uh, your, your footing, your placement, and nobody's dying and your divinity player's just got to be in there as, as, as quickly as possible. I wish you could view damage after the raid is completed as well. Uh, You could do that at Axis. So, you know, my point in saying all of this is that we are ridiculously strong and I think one of the best ways to mitigate some of that is to accept the fact that once contest is off normal mode is going to be a bake fest, and that's what hard mode is for. Hard mode would turn contest back on and modify some of the encounters a little bit like they did with King's Fall. You know, the lightier Knights come out, extra Knights at Totems. Um, you know, th- th- there, were, there was a handful. Of th- they did the, um, Unstable Light at Golgaroth. You know, these, these I think, are, are ways to then up the ante and make it a little bit more challenging without being like, um, yeah, it's just normal and everybody bakes it now. Uh... Step weapons would make it hard. Well, the community largely rejected the curated loadouts. I don't think that will ever come back. However, I would be open to maybe weekly modifiers so the hard mode's kind of like fresh or different or a little, you know, a little uh, modified week to week to week. Um, So, the. I don't know. I just think I just think that there's there is room for hard mode, and I think what we're doing is, is we're we're focusing at the wrong target. Okay, Bungie has made a really nice accessible pathway into a raid, and that's a good thing. Right. One of the things I've consistently said is you are actually probably going to see a rise in people doing a raid if you have a normal and a hard mode because. People then say, "Oh, well, we could at least take a crack at normal." It's like almost like a psychology thing, right? There's a psychological response to, "We could try normal." Come on, I've, you know, I've, I've seen a guide video. I've seen such and such streamer do it on normal. We we can do normal, and then hard mode is potentially out there as the, yeah, no, it's too hard. We're not good enough. Whatever. And so, I do think normal hard mode would would do a handful of things. I actually think one of the things about the Deep Stone Crypt that I'm really trying to drive home is, it feels like it's built for hard mode. It does. It feels like it's literally built for you to feel like, okay, all these mods, all these ways to spec out so I'm stronger and have better survivability in here, I don't really feel like I need that. And in comes hard mode where you would feel like you need that, because with contest on, some of those roles, especially the one where you're supposed to stun the boss or run with the balls, you know, you're, you're going to want to have uh, some of those mods on to increase your survivability. Um, I guarantee there's no Vogue hard mode. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how you guarantee that. Um, we'll obviously you have to wait and see. There is speculation and some data mines that people think pointing to the fact that we are getting a hard mode Deepstone Crypt. So we'll, uh, we'll see. We will see. Torchwood with the next question. On the opposite end of the spectrum, it's frustrating that a load into an activity that is uh, way well below my power level, but I'm capped. Therefore, I don't feel as powerful. Should Bungie uncap power on these things? I just don't feel rewarded leveling up just to be capped. Well... This is a philosophical thing that you're never going to win. Bungie has stated that they want the public space... um, they want public space to be a at least some level of a threat. They don't want you to walk through public space or strike content and, and feel like Godzilla. Now, to a certain extent, when I go into areas and I'm overleveled, I, I can run past the enemies and ignore them if I want. So I don't necessarily think... I, I don't feel stronger. I, I do feel stronger. I, you know, the the, the first. Remember the first time you tried to drive through the Dreaming City. You know, remember the first time you went into a public space and saw some words. You were like, "What on earth is going on?" And then you level up, and then it becomes, you know, rudimentary bottom rung content again. So I don't think they need to make it to where you walk through the public space and sneeze on the enemy and they die and they can merely move your health bar Bungie's consistently said they want to maintain some semblance of like the world is alive and is an active threat to you you know and obviously that threat gets harder depending on uh, where you where you go so in I I think I think we're actually in a lane right now where the game has the beginnings of good spectrum. You have spectrum of difficulty on nightfalls, spectrum of difficulty on Empire hunts. That just needs to be something that we see starting to land in more places so that content feels accessible, but also if you want to turn the dial up, you can. And presently, you don't have that opportunity in raids. And I think that is uh, that's a that's a loot that's a that's a content vacancy in my mind. So, um, Darksider says, going from triumphs for weekly challenges for Deepstone Crypt, they look like they're going to add a nice level of difficulty to the raid. But the issue with them is you can only do one challenge per week. Would being able to do all challenges at once add enough optional difficulty to the raid? Well, obviously, I think one of the things that we liked about, um, one of the things we liked about Age of Triumph is it was a featured raid for the week, and weren't you supposed to do the challenge in every encounter? I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. You literally did the challenge in every encounter. And, and that was that was the way to get like the extra loot. I'm fairly certain. Because I remember always doing the challenge for Atheon. It, there was never like a week where you're like, no, don't do it. Unless I'm misremembering. Um, I could see them saving that in their pocket for a later time. Um, yeah, it's Crota Week this week, all challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see them saving that in their pocket for a later time of like, hey... To, to make the summer more exciting, we're going to have a weekly featured raid, all challenges active, double drops, and then for that entire week, you're running Garden, and then you're running Last Wish, and then you're running Deepstone Crypt. Um, I still to this day think it's a huge missed opportunity to not do an NPC for the raid that every season does something either gives you challenges bounties updates the loot pool in some way because a raid npc could have fleshed out the garden loot pool a couple kinetic weapons and heavy weapons and it wouldn't have felt so dadgum lopsided and if they would have done that then garden would have maintained raid relevancy for you for the seasons that followed so when you got into season of the worthy and it felt kind of light the hardcore players still would have had something to do in my mind, if, if Bungie could focus on this idea that propping up content and then adding one or two, maybe three pieces to it every season, if they could capture that vision, I think the vendors could consistently get a couple of things. Raid NPC could get a couple of things. I, for whatever reason, loot is the bottleneck. And it's like, if they could figure that aspect of it out, then I think you could... You could get way more capital out of the stuff that you're adding, whether it's raid stripes, gambit, or crucible. Updating those loot pools and giving loot pursuit, you know, I, I think would be a, a way to make the game not feel so, so much uh, vacancy or futility. Um, you know, if 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 I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, like today, I will give you a perfect example. They wanted me to go into strikes for this fragment and I literally couldn't bring myself to do it. I was like, no, no, I don't want to. I do not want to go into strikes right now. It's just knowing that there's a futility there and 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 a pointlessness to, to strikes made me not want to go in there. Now, if I went in there and I knew I'm increasing my rank with Zavala, getting some new seasonal perks from Zavala, getting closer to his seasonal rewards, and there's a chance of these new things to drop or whatever, like, that to me would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll chisel away at that while I work on this fragment. Instead, it turns it into a chore. And I'm like, I don't want to. I literally deleted them. I'm like, pfft. I'll do those later, I just don't feel like doing that right now, and this is, this is I think, and and, and I think Big Mouth Strike is saying it really, really well, more loot solves 90% of this game's issues, you're creating funnels and hoppers of activity that have nothing in them, and that is, I think, one of the leading issues in the game right now, this is Destiny 2, year 1, all over again. Tons to do, not enough loot. Exo challenges, no loot associated with them. Strikes, no new loot associated. Uh, crucible and Gambit, same deal. Now, you could be like, oh, but there's a grenade launcher and Gambit and a pulse and a Crucible and a shotgun and strikes. That just isn't good enough. You know? That just isn't good enough. You could have taken Crucible or Gambit if you weren't in the mood for strikes. Yeah, but... I don't want to do that either. You're basically telling me, go somewhere you don't want to go because it's less painful than strikes. Like, again, that just isn't good design framework. If content was consistently given some semblance of reinvigoration and some loot drops and some purpose, it wouldn't feel like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do strikes. What's the fastest route? Oh, I'll go do Gambit, even though I don't like Gambit. Do you, do you see the problem in either scenario, you're taking me on a route I don't want to go on. So, uh, one gun that random drops—it's not even a guarantee. That's not it, dog. Right. So it, that's my point. Go all the way back to, to, to the to the to the statement that that started this rant. If Bungie could just figure out how to add loot to pools for existing activities, this game would feel so full of things to do and things to chase. Hey, it's Season of Dawn. We added three guns to Garden of Salvation, a kinetic, an energy, and a heavy. People would have gone in there after them, especially if it was was like attached to some sort of, you know, uh, yeah, if it was attached to a, a bounty or something, or just hey, go do this challenge and for for a chance of these these new drops, and you add you know one or two weapons of strikes, one or two weapons of crucible and gambit, but give me a, like a way to farm for them, uh, and give me a rank you know a seasonal rank with Zavala and Shaxx and and Drifter you know give me those seasonal ranks that matter. So it's if that's what I'm saying, if they could figure that out, it would really really help. I think. Um they seem to struggle with that for some reason. Right now, it seems like with their bandwidth, th- it's 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 mid mid 20s close to 30 guns a season. And that includes this expansion. And if that's the most they can give us, then I guess we have to accept it and make 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 the best of it, but I'm going to continue to say adding loot adding loot to activities and adding loot to existing structures is always preferable to just leaving it lie. If they would have given you a way to grind for dreaming city loot, reissue reissue some of the dreaming city guns, update their perk pools and then give me like give me a way to pursue them on the dreaming city, either through a bounty thing with Petra or the blind well you know do the same with spider take all that tangled shore take all those tangled shore guns reissue them with some updated perks and then give me a way to pursue them through spider or just have them dropping while i'm while i'm on the tangled shore you know and again what i'm saying might be it's just so far outside of the realm of what they can do but that's why i'm that's why i've continued to say if they can figure that aspect of it out then you're going to get more capital out of existing content loops and existing pieces of content as opposed to to just letting things lie there. And then you're in that reuse instead of repurpose conundrum. They're not repurposing strikes, right? They're simply reusing strikes. Go run strikes. Why? Well, we need you to check these eight boxes to get this thing. And you're like, okay. So it's not repurposed, it's simply being reused. And that, I think, is the main hang-up that, that, that many of us are having. Europa has cool loot and great loot structure. Legendary Lost Sectors, Empire Hunts as a Pursuit for high-stat armor, and the loot structure for uh, for the raid, all of that is great! It really, really is. They have to figure out a way to deliver an expansion and a season and not have it feel like, well, the rest of the game sucks. I get wanting the focus to be on Europa and the Europa activities, but the minute I'm not going for a Europa weapon or high stat armor or a legendary lost sector or the raid, the minute I'm not in one of those content funnels, all of the other funnels feel like a ghost town. They did nothing for Crucible. They did nothing for Gambit other than make it faster. They did nothing for Strikes or the other planets this is not me trying to beat them up it's like listen you got to figure out a way to make it like an 80 20 split here's a bunch of new stuff and that's like 80 percent and then take that 20 and distribute some new stuff in the other places so they don't feel like a dadgum ghost town like there's just no point or no purpose to any of the other funnels in the game if they can figure that out, then every time you buy an expansion or a $10 season, you feel like something's happening in the game like at large. Now, I know they tried to do that with umbrals. Umbrals were dropping everywhere, and I think in their mind, like that was a way to make the season attached to core content loops, like you could get umbrals just by playing Crucible Strikes or running around public events, right? And I think that was probably a decent decision. There wasn't anything wrong with it, but If you look at Vanguard, if you look at the Vanguard and you say, over the course of this year, we're going to add eight weapons, two every season, we're going to tie them to the seasonal rank, and have a direct way to try to get them to drop through weapon boons, that's only eight weapons across an entire year just for Vanguard. You do eight for Crucible, eight for Gambit, okay? That's 24 weapons spread out over an entire year. That's basically a season's worth of weapons, but they spread them out over the entire year. Is there not a way to do that? You can't reissue anything from year one that was static, give them good potential rolls, give them the random rolls, and throw them in the dadgum loot pool with a weapon boon? And then if anybody's like, well, this is just a bunch of reissued stuff, you can be like, yeah, it's it's meant to make those those pieces of content feel at least slightly updated, and it's great for free to play players or new players that didn't have a chance to gain those weapons in year one. It kind of keep you know keeping those things in you know in the pool in 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 the present. I don't know. I, these are just I'm always throwing out ideas because I I feel like. We need to be careful, I don't need a vendor update every three months, we don't need a hundred weapons every three months, but you've gotta start padding out some of these activities and some of these content loops, because if not, the game feels like, it's like you've got this bright shiny new horse, and it's trying to run, and it's attached to a busted up old rickety wagon. Here's the brand new horse, the steed, look at it, it's shiny, it's new, it's Europa, it's Empire Hunts, it's Aspects and Fragments, but then it's dragging all this old, dead stuff behind it. So I don't go into strikes and feel like, yay, new expansion, I'm like, I, I hate it here! There's no reason to come in here, not only is there no reason to come in here... I, now, now I've got, I've got to do something really specific while I'm in here. I'm not even just—I'm pl- not even playing the content as it's designed. I'm supposed to go into a nightfall and try and get stasis kills on champions. No, I don't want to do that. Right? You might put up with it if you knew while you were in there there was this new sort of refreshed thing going on. um it was like when they updated uh, the Vanguard loot pool in Rise of Iron. You knew doing Vanguard bounties and running Vanguard strikes was going to roll over your Vanguard faction rep, and that was going to help you get chances at those new weapons, you know, maybe get a potential role on the, uh, you know, on the Occam's Razor or something. As as opposed to feeling like, oh, I got to go over here and do these bounties and run these things, and there's, uh, you know, it's... it's uh, it's not uh, it's not really worth my time, you know. Keep in mind they're working from home they have limitations. Well, we know from year three that 25 to 30 weapons is essentially the average they can inject the game with every season and they did it with this expansion. So I think we've got a pretty good bead on what they can deliver every couple of months. I'm just asking, is there room for more? Can you guys allocate some more? And those things that you're adding should be padding existing content structures and loops, core activities, as opposed to letting them just kind of lie dead in a corner. You know, they're on life support. It's just, I mean, I guess you could go for the new armor, but again, there's no real reason to go for the new armor unless you really like the way that it looks. There's not even a high stat pursuit of Vanguard, Crucible, and Gambit armor. Think of it right now that if this season, you were grinding Vanguard Strikes and leveling up Zavala, you were slowly unlocking all 5 armor pieces and 2 weapons and so there would be 7 boons at Zavala that could be purchased, and while those boons are active, those things have a high probability of dropping when you're in the strike, those boons get more effective the more you rank up Zavala so now you're chasing high stat roll armor pieces or a couple of the guns that he has, looking for the role that you want, so now, when I have to go into strikes, I can make it worth my while while I'm in there, I go grab some things from Zavala, I jump into the playlist, and I am being, you know rewarded for my time, well, you know, while working on this, uh, this aspect or this fragment grind, you do the same thing with Gambit and the Crucible so that's my point, is a couple you already added the armor, add a way to pursue, um, high stats right? Add, add a way to i you know pursue high stats from these guys so if you really do like the armor from the crucible or whatever you can chase a high stat version and secondarily add a couple of guns and give me a way to pursue them and make that pursuit better as the season goes on sick you can't you can't scrounge up 6 weapons a season You couldn't scrounge up six weapons for this expansion, and then put a system with like a boon system in, so you could you could have some. It's not a bounty, but like it's 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 the it's kind of like the Wrathborn hunts. You configure the lure, and then it drops from the boss. You would take this boon, pop it, and for you know two hours it has a chance of dropping from the bosses and strikes, so now, it doesn't matter what strike you get, just beat it, go kill the boss, maybe the boon becomes more effective the longer you stay in the playlist, you know to discourage people from disconnecting like me when I get the fanatic or something I have to do 8 bounties to even get the prime to unlock the armor, I maybe 2 of each, I refuse to do the bounties now that I hit hard cap, the only thing I want uh, here is pinnacle, right Who cares about armor? Armor is just a stat tick with any perk you want on it. This is going to be unpopular, but armor needs to go back to random rolls. What? It is random rolls. It's random random with the stat rolls. Listen, if you start running aspect and fragment builds with stasis and you start losing 10 intellect and 10 discipline, you're going to really be glad. There's a big difference between you with all your 50 something armor and me if I'm wearing all of my 60 plus armor fully masterworked. There's going to be a huge difference between you and me. I'm going to I'm not going to feel the pain of fiddling around with aspects and fragments that take discipline, intellect, strength or or, you know, any of the things that you lose, like I'm padding myself out for some of those costs that I have to pay to build things out, so Mr. Havoc says do you feel like the ads in the raid need their aggression turned up, if I don't have explosives uh, becomes difficult to wipe I didn't have time to make a day one team but still hopped into the last encounter to help a friend whose group abandoned him. I helped beat it no practice in 2 hours. The only time I struggled to get ads to to kill me was at the um the security encounter. I I did not have that problem in the final encounter, man. Those captains will absolutely thump your head. Like I I don't I don't actually think um I actually don't think this is an accurate descriptor of the entire raid. It did seem odd in security. It was like they were shooting around me. It was like they were stormtroopers. It was really really weird. Um and again, I don't I don't know if that was because they they, they are a little laggy, so maybe that's what's going on. Maybe they're just struggling to to pathfind and and, and aggro properly because maybe the laggy nature of the game i don't i don't actually know um so i would i would think i would think and hope that they uh that they could that they could um uh um oh it'd be pretty cool if they would uh you know smooth some of that out there's nothing there's nothing enjoyable about being in a raid and seeing ads skipping around and lagging um so uh question number six from king with the increased player pool reaching the soft cap so quickly do you believe that we could finally see a leveling system similar to anthem in regards to pub spaces and quests so if you're talking about world tiers, here is one of the dilemmas that would come from world tiers. And we actually talked about this on the Rageless Roundtable, and I had an idea that might give you what you're looking for, but not to the degree that you're, that you're talking about. First and foremost, um, I think world tiers would fragment players, and that would be potentially unenjoyable. Um, if you're trying to do something in the public space, a public event or a challenge or whatever, and there's nobody around, sometimes you love that because you're trying to get all of the the enemies or you're trying to get all the kills. Other times, especially, let's say you really ratcheted up the difficulty and you were doing something in Europa and it was really, really hard. Well, uh, you know, in that in that realm... I would say it would get really frustrating if no one's in your instance because no one's picking that world tier. Does that make sense? Something that would be good, and I think this would have been a great way to tie in the Eclipse Zone and the raid, a a spot on the map should have opened where the raid crashed down, and then that should be an area where you go there and it's ridiculously freaking tough, and then we get this increased you know, stasis regeneration and all kind of nutso stuff's going on the weather's weird, right? you go into the eclipse zone and it's just wild, right? man, what's going on in here? You, you would have the option of driving over there if you wanted and then I think you'd see more people kind of funneling into there but if you're driving around trying to do some quest or public events or whatever, heroic patrols what are even heroic patrols anyway? If you're doing that on a world tier and no one's around, it would start to potentially fold in on itself and fragment the player base too much. So I think there's ways to deliver what you're asking for. I think you know Empire Hunts having four levels of difficulty two with matchmaking and two without is a good system. I think, you know, hard and normal raids, hard and normal dungeons. And then on top of that, maybe anytime they have a new a new public space there's an area where you go there and it's, t- it's tough um, the eclipse zone is basically just your stasis abilities regen faster and I think you get bounties and quests and things that make you go and get kills or do things in the eclipse zone, whatever the eclipse zone at the moment is um um Bungie did, really did classic Bungie with heroic patrols. They feel more tedious. They feel like more tedious patrols. No other thing, no reward is special about them. Are those just the ones that when you when you grab them, they just take longer? Or can do, how do I know it's a heroic patrol when I'm grabbing it? Does it say anything? Or you just grab it and it says it's a heroic. I've never even paid any attention to it. I did notice I was getting patrols that were like really specific and took longer to complete. And I was like, what is this? I've always felt the patrol that's like kill 11 vandals. And there's like, oh, the icons yellow or gold on the map. Got it. Or it's like a brownish gold. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, for me, yeah, yeah. For me, I always felt that, that patrols were in a weird spot. It's like, kill 11 vandals, and there's like two vandals in the area. I'm like, okay, so if I run around and wait for this spawn long enough for it to complete, I could abandon it and grab a generic one and complete two or three in the time that I complete one. So patrols in general have always been a little odd uh, as a piece of content because they're supposed to be super accessible, you're just grabbing some random thing on the ground and doing what it tells you to do, I always felt that it was like patrols public events, lost sectors like they kind of move in that order, like patrols just like the bottom, they're barely above a bounty, as far as what they're asking you to do, so it's always weird when you have a random one that like takes a bunch of time, and you're like, why am I doing this, the payout on it is virtually nothing, so they changed that on Europa all enemies now count for the killing enemies patrols no th- th- that's not necessarily true I had one that was kill enemies and I had to do it with a crit and then I thought I had one that was like it, it was like kill fallen with a crit I, I feel like sometimes the kill enemies one do get specific um maybe it, maybe I'm misremembering but I thought there were some that were a little specific um that that ended up feeling like they took too long for a patrol. It's like, why, why, why am I jumping through all these hoops? You know, it's just a patrol. <laughs> so. Guys, if you're here and you are enjoying this segment, I want to thank you for being here. We've got, uh, we're have got we about halfway through the questions. If you haven't clicked like and subscribe yet, please do so. A lot of folks here watch and never press subscribe or like. Helps the video get recommended and it helps my channel. Um, I upload these as recordings to another channel. So if you subscribe here, you're only ever going to see me in your sub feed for live streams. It's a safe for work Monday through Friday broadcast. Highly interactive. It's like a radio show you can keep on in the background. Horn Joe with the next question division added an activity where players climb a tower of hundred floors with a boss fight each 10. Could you see this mode style working in destiny? How hard the last floors would be. This is really, really close to a suggestion that people always throw out, which is a horde mode that just gets harder and harder and harder. And they were really, really close to this with the verdant forest. And yeah, it was the verdant forest where you could conceivably stay in the verdant forest all day and hit crazy, crazy high wave numbers. But there was no reason to. Okay. So I would say they know how to do it. The verdant forest allowed you to stay in there as often, as long as you wanted, with zero loot incentive. So I would say two things would need to happen if you're going to have something that is either this lengthy or this potentially lengthy depending on the player's desires to stay in there. Number one, it would have to get harder. The Verdant Forest did not get harder. It was just the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. And people were like... Like, I, I think people would say, oh, yeah, I, I, we hit a wave and it didn't matter, right? We hit 100. Cool. Like, why? Right? so it need to get harder and the loot would need to get better. Without those two things in place, it would just be it you would do it for the triumph or the challenge or the whatever um, and then that that would be it. There'd be you'd be, there'd be there'd be there'd be no reason. There'd be no reason to go and do it again. Um exo challenges are in a similar boat right they're cool they're challenging i really like the one i did today where i had to like defend the square the 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 things and i could shoot the squares and it was actually really fun uh uh by myself but there's no reason to go back someone's like well i just like doing it okay generally speaking in a game like destiny the reason to go back is loot and if there's no loot driver i don't care how much you enjoy it i don't think that's good structure it doesn't it doesn't take away from your enjoyment for them to put meaningful loot pursuits in content like that, right? You know, I, it's just one of those things. It's it's if they're if they're going to 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 give me a reason or to drive me to rerun it, then I think if 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 you're going to do that, I would say like look, you you got to you got to put loot in there your love for just rerunning EXO challenges because you think they're awesome, that love is not diminished or squelched if they put loot in there. Do you see what I'm saying? It doesn't take away from your enjoyment or it doesn't take away from the activity for them to be like yeah, there's loot in there. You can get this thing to drop or hey, this week's challenge has this unique drop and this week's challenge has this unique drop and you're like oh, I haven't gotten that one yet. And And you go after it. I don't know. To me, there's two questions every project lead should be asking. Okay? Two project leads should be asking this every time. What's the replay value of this content? And there's a whole... There's a whole flow chart there. What's the replay value? Is it tied to increased difficulty? Is it tied to loot pursuit? And then the next question is... Can we actually add depth of difficulty and depth of loot? Are are we able to do it? So you ask the first question, what's the replay value of this content? If your answer is there really isn't any outside of just the player's enjoyment, then you're failing to add loopable content to a game that is a loot pursuit game. Like that's, you're, you're failing. So Exo Challenges, it, what's the replay value here? Well, there really isn't a replay value. It's kind of a checkbox. I mean, they're going to get a powerful drop, but I mean, eventually people don't care about that. Okay, that's the thinnest replay value there is, the power pursuit. The next The next replay value is loot pursuit. The next replay value you can add is loot depth and difficulty depth. So you take the time to make an exo challenge. Okay, take the time to, to add some loot take the time to add some difficulty depth you're gonna get more capital out of it it's i'm trying to think of a good example you know if i take the time to build a deck on my uh, you know in my backyard i take the time to do it if i go one step further and I treat the wood, finish the wood, and add some guardrails, it really is capstoned nice as a backyard deck. It's like... It eighty percent of the effort goes into building the deck, and maybe ten or twenty percent effort to treat the wood, spray it, put those guardrails up. So it's like you're doing eighty percent. You built exo challenges. Do the next ten to twenty percent so that it actually has purpose. If not, it's just another silly it's it's just another ascendant challenge. It's just another blind well where It's here as a ritual that's tied to power pursuit and nothing else. Go the extra mile. You went seven, go one more, or the seven feels somewhat wasted. I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. I think most of the content loops on Europa are good, but it always kills me. You took the time to build the Blind Well, Ascendant Challenges, and Exo Challenges. Go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. Put put some loot in there. You don't have to turn everything into four difficulty modes, but put something in there. You built it. <laughs> you took the time. Have each boss drop something. How many exo challenges are there? Three? You couldn't make three guns? Or maybe just three ornaments? You could have done that. You could have put in some ornamental stuff for Europa. I don't know. Something. It just feels like a wasted effort. It's, it's like that half-finished room in your house that you never get around to finishing. It's like you took the time to strip the walls and, and put the paint primer on them and paint them. Well, go in there and put in your frickin' bookshelves and a bed, Make finish that spare room, right? It just feels like wasted effort. You know what I mean? At some point, we have to come to the realization we see this as a looter and they do not. That's a completely unsubstantiated claim everything with the exception of the exo challenges is all loot based wrathborn hunts loot based empire hunts loot based bounty frames at varix loot based the raid loot structure with the chest at the end loot based Everything's loot based what are you talking about x if anything they've made it a more of a looter than it used to be everything everything right now with the exception of exo challenges legendary lost sectors loot based come on it's very, very loot-based now. It's probably more directionally target-farm loot-based than it's ever been in the history of the franchise. It's never been this directional intentional, ever! We have more player agency and more player control over what we get and how we get it than we ever have. Do you have some home improvements to get to? No. It's the same loot? No, it's not. High stat armor comes from the Empire Hunts. It's the only place to get the high stat Europa armor. The guns from varex that's one of the best places to get them is to just keep running uh, the the Empire Hunts or you can grab his frames. And and that loot, that's where that loot is. Legendary Lost Sectors are for exotics, so that's not the same loot. And then the loot in the raid is a completely different loot pool. I don't even, Not now you're not even making any sense. Those loot pools are all separate. Wrathborn Hunts, completely separate loot pool. It's all the Europa loot pool? False. High stat armor and empire hunts. Guns from the empire hunts. That's its own loot pool. Rathborn hunts have their own loot pool. The raid has its own loot pool. What you're saying isn't true. It's... Th- 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 every loot pool right now has a directional targeted farming aspect to it. It all does. This is more of a looter than it's ever been yeah you can farm the hvts and double dip but it's one of anything that you've already unlocked in that loot pool it's not directional right a looter requires five to six times more loot this is a reward-based shooter that's your opinion you're you're creating a standard for looters that is your own standard it's not like an industry standard Not every game has to be Borderlands. Destiny 1 was described as a looter shooter, and yeah, it had tons of loot, but that loot was spread out over 12 months. So take the quantity of loot you had in Taken King, you have to compare that to an entire year's worth of seasons now, because they've structured the loot delivery differently. The loot that they gave you in Taken King had the last like 10 months. So... Loot quantity back then seemed greater, but truth be told, there was still a small portion of loot that anybody even bothered chasing, and we called it a looter shooter back then. Like, you can denounce a game's claim on being a looter or an RPG when you create your own standard and then you deny them access to claiming that as a descriptor. People do that with MMO, people do that with RPG, people do it with looter shooter. It's not, a, it's not a fruitless conversation to have because you've just created a standard you're like, yeah, they're not meeting the standard it's not a looter anymore and it's like, oh, okay I, every almost everything we do in the game is loot based or loot motivated that's a looter to me the primary reason you're going to run any of the content right now is for loot right? but the loot is trash no it's not the guns in this game right now you can get great rolls on the Europa weapons, Rathborn weapons, and the Raid weapons. There are some in there you can kind of shrug out, but a lot of them are really, really good. You know what I mean? It was easier to take breaks back then. I'm not going down the rabbit hole of you wanting to go back in time and get everything, play it for two months, and then stop playing the game for a super long period of time. That's a pointless conversation. It's, it's, a, to- it's a pointless conversation. They're not going back there, and you wanting that is totally fine, but it's a waste of energy and oxygen to be like, they should go back to where we get everything in a DLC and nothing for 10 months. Like, they're never going to go back to that era. It was easier to grind the game for a month or two and then put it down and play a bunch of other games. That's true, but they're never going to go back there ever again. It just, it wasn't as healthy for a sustained player base and probably wasn't healthy for revenue streams either. I'm not saying whether it's a loot shooter or not, but I agree with the guy's sentiment. The loot in this game doesn't feel like loot anymore. It feels like a reward for a chore, not items that you discover. Yeah, it wasn't that way in Destiny 1 either, though. Imago loop, Grasp of Malak. Any of the raid weapons. What, you want to go back to where you couldn't get an IS Luna? After months of trying, you didn't discover that. You rolled a pair of dice a thousand times, praying that you could get it. Hard disagree? Okay, back your disagreement. You didn't discover the Imago loop. You knew where it was, and you went after it forever. Or you knew where the Fatebringer dropped. Or you knew where the Genesis chain dropped, and you went for it for forever. Truth be told... Truth be told, you didn't actually chase loot in there either because raid guns were static. So you got it and you were done. That wasn't a discovery. That was a transaction. Play it long enough to get the Genesis chain and now that you got it, you're done. You got the Genesis chain. There's no spectrum of loot. It's here's the gun. Look at taking King's Fall weapons is another example of that. There were no collections. Nobody knew what was coming. Oh, now we're talking about a logistical thing, though. Yes, it would be nice to go back to the days where I couldn't boot up a new season and see all the guns in a collection, but that doesn't mean that they're not delivering lots of loot and giving you great logistics. I'm going to literally take the gloves off and absolutely bust the teeth of anybody trying to argue that loot logistics are bad right now. You are provably wrong. The loot logistics in Destiny right now are better than they've ever been. If you want something, you have an avenue to go get it. And that was a primary complaint that we had leading up to this expansion. You will never win this boxing match. I argued for loot agency and intentionality and drops out in the world for years and we finally got it you stand no chance if you want to argue this with me there is room to disagree about content delivery systems and depth and substance and quantity of guns we can debate that all day long but loot logistics you stand no chance this is the best the loot logistics has ever been in destiny you have the ability to chase high stat armor, something we complained about in Shadowkeep. You have the ability to chase specific weapons and exotics in a way that we never had before. We always complained about that. Like you, th- this is this is the foundation we needed. Now, do they need to add more loot? Yes. Do they need to reinvigorate core activities? Absolutely. You start you start hammering away at loot logistics, and that I you're nuts if you think the loot logistics are bad right now. You know me, I love the Spare Rations farm. Best grind for year two for me. Right, and and you're describing a quality point that most of us didn't. Like, almost none of us went into the Reckoning Spare Rations grind and were like, This is great. This is great. I spent all week playing Reckoning and I didn't even get one. <laughs> like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no there are two extremes okay there's two extremes there is the there is the value meal ordering that we did with Umbrals, too transactional and then there is reckoning spare rations too withholding one is too withholding one is too transactional I think right now we're in a nice happy medium I can chase what I want take some time to get it and it drops I wish more of the loot dropped from like bosses and stuff the way that Rathborn that's the thing that's crazy is Rathborn hunts actually gets that part right while getting the rest of the the prerequisites wrong so I don't know I think we've got a nice nice happy medium now and and it's most of this is identical requests that I saw the community asking for the last year you know what I mean so I don't know yeah, the Mindbenders grind. Oh, come on. Yes, we're, we're in such a better place with chasing what you want. We really, really are. So, we got to move on. That was a good debate, though. Uh, say we get more hard modes throughout the game. Would, the, would that open the door to allowing us to use sunset weapons in more normal activities? Well, you got to be careful here. I mean, I yes and no. I don't think you necessarily want to go into a raid with ancient weapons. I do think there's just gotta be a natural barrier to be like no, this is a raid. Get that you know, get your midnight coup out of here, you know? Um, But I do think, I I do think there's room for it to look like this. Let's say you have a bunch of raid gear from Deepstone Crypt and the Witch Queen raid the normal mode is set at a power threshold that allows you to take your Deepstone Stone Crypt raid gear in because they give it like a stay of execution. They let it last just a little bit longer. But when hard mode comes out, you need to start leaning on the new raid weapons. Do you see? Like, they're respecting your Deepstone Crypt grind by saying, hey, you can grind the new raid on normal and use all your one-year-old raid weapons. But as you're doing that you're gearing up for hard mode you're gearing up and getting the new guns and the new gear to start equipping and start using so when the hard mode comes out you have guns that are both infusible up strong enough and maybe even have some intrinsic perks as well I think that would be uh, I think that would be fine Um, so you know I don't know (laughs) For the first time in five years, I find it difficult to complete quests and bounties and strikes. I just get pulled through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone just kind of runs. I was trying it earlier and I just bailed. I was like, this is frustrating because people are just trying to kill the champions really fast. And can you blame them? That's what they're supposed to do. It's not their fault. It's a design flaw. You know, it's a design flaw. Um, I wanted to read what somebody said up here. I think it was just in time shoot it was about the loot logistics dadgummit it looked like it was the beginning here we go problem is the loot logistics are better now and the game is more streamlined But because the amount of loot is terrible the game almost feels worse when the grind was bad the drops felt better i won't disagree with that i won't good loot logistics i think requires more loot quantity i agree with that i do or at the very least Good loot logistics means you better add to this loot pool next season. Add a couple of guns to Deepstone Crypt next season. Why? You build a great loot logistical system to allow the loot pool to grow over time. So, loot quantity has to get there. So, hopefully. They build all this structure as maybe like a, like a you know a good test, and they're like, hey, this works really well. This will be really elastic for loot expanding season to season to season. Maybe by the time we get to the summer, strikes has the shotgun and two or three other weapons, and maybe by then they do something to Zavala. So if you really want that green Zeno shotgun or whatever in the frick it is, you have a way to chase it you know it's it's possible it's possible they have in their mind a way to increase loot tables as the year goes on because we're not in that top heavy scenario anymore well you better put everything in the first month of the season because all this stuff's going away in three months that was true in year three we're not in year three anymore so maybe they can stagger loot I would, I would love for us to get into January and for them to drop a calendar that's like, hey, the next month and a half, every week we're we're adding some stuff. I, you know, I, that'd be great. Or at the very least, when they put out a, you know, a, a calendar or a trailer for the next season, they could they could say, you know, we're adding loot to these various activities to give them, you know, to breathe some life into them. I think that'd be good too. So. Thank you guys again for the huge turnout today. Remember, we set a goal every day for a thousand likes. We're super close to it. It really helps the video get recommended throughout the day. So if you're enjoying the show, press like and don't be afraid to p- press subscribe. A higher percentage every day of people watch and don't subscribe. I know you might be leery of subscribing. It's only a live stream. You're only going to see me in your sub feed for live streams. I send these upload recordings to another channel so you don't got to worry about me just obliterating your sub feed. I has says Yo Lono, considering the fact that contest modifier is often brought up instead of a traditional hard mode for higher rate difficulty, do you believe that contest would work better than hard mode? I think contest would complement a hard mode. It would complement a hard mode. Contest is not enough on its own, right? I will say contest brings an intensity that's lacking. The minute, the minute you get above, the minute contest is turned off it it just doesn't I don't know all the intensity has gone I said that about the prophecy dungeon it's like man give me the opportunity to turn contest back on and give me a lewd incentive motivation to do it because all the intensity just vanished how's the 80's t code usage I actually don't know I think the last shirt I wore we had a decent response the one I'm gonna wear tomorrow oh yeah I think we'll get a lot of people to use the code. So, I gotta wear all five, then he and I are gonna talk about what we think could look, what we could do, like, on a month-to-month basis. So. Ads become a nuisance the minute the contest is gone. And so, I don't think contest is enough, but it's a great starting point. You know? It's a great starting point. Even if you do something very, very minor, what if, um... What if in security? In security, you added a uh, an augment thief. Remember the light the light eaters that would come and like steal your, your your um your orbs, your blights in the oryx fight? Can you imagine being down in the basement and being like you have to be alert and aware of this augment thief who comes out and if he gets too close to you, he has like a field around him? Like an electrical field? If he gets too close to you, he steals, he steals the augment. And then he like runs away and he's strong or whatever. And like once he gets it, you know what I'm saying? So you you add that and now all of a sudden ads are hitting a little bit harder. My survival's not guaranteed. I got to really be more aware. There's an intensity and I got this new mechanic to be aware of. Even if it's something as simple as that, as long as there's a, as long as there's an actual good loot motivation i think that's that wins you double the currency payout you um yeah i don't know uh, maybe weapons continue to have a a, a drop rate chance uh as well so while you're clearing it you're getting better currency economy and you're getting chances at the stuff to drop again i don't know um uh, there's there's plenty i think there's plenty of of options they could uh they could try Dracus Pander. Hylono, the Master Grandmaster level Nightfalls, Legendary Lost Sectors, and High Delta Hunts. Should it be the raid's lane to be excessively difficult for the bulk of players as well? I think this is one of the reasons we need a hard mode raid. Look at what has happened. This is very similar to the fact that Armor has master working levels and things that you get you get more energy ghosts have a master working level and things that you get when you level up the ghost and guns haven't changed since forsaken they haven't okay so in a similar vein raids are stuck in this now nah, we don't make a hard mode what why not You have four difficulties for nightmare hunts, raid, I'm sorry, uh, for for, for nightfalls, and for empire hunts. What do you mean? Why can't you make a hard mode? You did a quality of life update to base level content while not bringing that to raids. It feels like it's falling behind. You know, I would say dungeons are in a similar camp. A solo legendary lost sector at 1280 or a grandmaster nightfall feeling harder than a raid in a dungeon. You know, I don't necessarily think we need to make a hard mode raid or dungeon as hard as a Grandmaster Nightfall, because I think Grandmaster Nightfalls are poorly built. I think that there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. Um, I think they're kind of phoned in. Uh, Not a lot of nuance and thought and dynamics have gone into their design. So, I don't think they're the bar, but... It is weird to be like, yeah, a normal raid is a breeze in comparison to those other difficulty spectrums. So difficulty spectrum landing on big portions of the game, but not landing on dungeons and raids, to me, just feels weird. Especially with Vogue on the horizon. Nagi. I think we're missing an endgame activity for three people. Raids need an unusually high amount of coordination to play them. Do you think if they improve and refine the Grandmaster Nightfalls and give them new unique loot, yearly or seasonally, that could be a solution? I mean, that's well-timed, you know? That's well-timed because, I mean, we were just talking about this. Like, I, I do think Grandmasters are, especially now that they've added the currency drop rate to the Empire hunts, um they they need to consider restructuring why grandmasters exist maybe this is their plan to bring adept uh, they're talking about bringing adept weapons uh, to strikes and maybe that's part of the plan um, it's all part of the plan like maybe that's part of the plan is to bring unique stuff to those, those pools so grandmasters start to serve another purpose so then you do feel like hey we gotta get together a three man team and go tackle this there's some dope loot in there uh So, I and dungeons too. It's a shame they couldn't do a raid and a dungeon because I think dungeons offer that, especially if they did a hard mode with prophecy dungeon coming back. um, That would have been the perfect opportunity to add a hard mode with new loot because the loot in the prophecy dungeon is just not all that interesting. You know, it's a lot of reissues. Light leap. Do you think controller lower FOV and thirty FPS lock has something to do with Destiny two being perceived? as so easy. Well, I certainly think that when you take combat structures and positioning and enemies in an environment with 30 FPS and like a 75 FOV and movement that feels like, you know, cement. I remember watching a a, a top 10 trials clip that somebody submitted back when I was doing split screen and it was on, it was on controller. I'm sorry, it was on console. It was... I, I wanted the Benny Hill, you know, ramp. I wanted that music playing because it was it was kind of ridiculous. It was like it looked clumsy and slow and sluggish. No shade at all to console players. I was one of you for the longest time. This game was born and bred on console, and we love you. But I wonder if a lot of the foundational decisions they've made about. What is challenging? How many enemies in an area? How quickly should they aggro and hit their shots? Um, if once you're on 60 or 120 FPS, 140, you know, 144, unkept FPS, huge FOV, and you feel like you, I don't know, you feel like a track star just running around. Um it it, it it I think that maybe is exposing some of the uh, the limitations on how this game can challenge us. It's possible. It's possible. Um, if you look at just the blunt force two by four to the face, that is Grandmaster Nightfall's. They don't necessarily have what feels like a lot of elasticity and agility within the game's design framework to make content that feels like it's, you know, uniquely challenging. Um, so, I. <sighs> I don't know. I don't want this to sound like a backhanded slap on console players, but I do think consoles have a lot of things they've got to do to make games like this playable with aim assist and and enemies, um, you know, not being the most aggressive or the most, you know, pristine and precise aiming. Like, did you ever play a Call of Duty back in the day on the older consoles and you upped the difficulty of the campaign? Well... Basically, what ended up happening was the enemies were aim bots. You would peek out and get and get bink bink like you'd get shot as soon as you peeked out. Well, why? Well, I mean, there's only so much agility they have within the AI's programming. You know, it it, it it's gonna have to just increase its target acquisition and its accuracy like there's there aren't like 18 other levers to pull like well we should turn up the uh the awareness and the uh the instinct and the situational and contextual decision making no most of the ai is basically aggro draw thresholds where if they see you hear you or you're close enough you, it, draw, it draws aggro and then they have a target acquisition fr- like time frame And then they have an accuracy number where they're going to shoot you with a certain level of accuracy. That's it. That's why when you go into a Grandmaster Nightfall and enemies that make up for their lack of accuracy or they make up for their their lack of damage by shooting you a bunch, right? Well, when they're suddenly doing tons of damage and not dying quickly, the, the the trash add threshold in a lot of these environments breaks those encounters in my opinion because they were never designed to be that strong. So it's it's, it's there's only so much they can do, you know, and I I don't know. And it's possible that a lot of the ground level aggro, target acquisition, and accuracy decisions uh, that Bungie made when they designed this game, put it in Tiger, it is possible that a lot of that stuff just is, it's never going to feel that challenging to a high level, high FOV, high frames per second, um, you know, player. It's it's just going to feel, they'll eventually figure out where to sit and what to do and you know avoid all the damage I'd be really interested um and looking at prestige nightfall uh ratio sorry not prestige nightfall grandmaster grandmaster nightfall ratios not quantity but just ratios out of the number of people on PC that engage with nightfalls and console what percentage of that that community goes all the way up to grandmaster I feel like the ratio would be higher on, on on PC Joseph Young, when looking at gameplay of boss fights in D1 bosses, they were given crazy amounts of health, making it more difficult. D2 has the fanatic and his immunity uh, is less mechanics and more of a health affix they have definitely ran away from a huge health bar and they've gone to phases uh, the glassway strike is a perfect example it, it reminds me of the nexus strike if you remember D1 the nexus strike it was kind of crazy big huge hydra in the center of the room and you ran around the outside and basically tried to hide from him especially if it was an Ifall. there was that little cave you could go into and you would just kind of like icebreaker him down and your teammate would res you because uh, they would stay back away from the splash damage, and the, you know the Glassway Strike reminds me of the Nexus Strike, but you do so much damage and he disappears. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to beat him up too much about this, but man, oh man, I, I feel like they've got to find a better way to design strike bosses. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's. Can you do anything else other than making the boss disappear or go immune? It's gotta be something else. You know what I mean? Um, Any other game, you make something more difficult, it's the same thing. You deal less damage, enemies deal more damage, your health and items are limited. Um, that's not necessarily true. I actually think there are other games that have done a better job at adding you know, dynamics and levels to the combat. That's not just they have more health. Um, you know, Borderlands ran into a bullet sponge problem and so did Division 2, but I feel like you know, games maybe maybe just shooters it's hard because there's only so much you can do within the combat structures. Um but I definitely think the biggest thing they're missing out on is mixing negative modifiers with positive modifiers. So I go into content and I say, this is really, really hard and these enemies are really, really strong, but so am I. Um, I think that aspect is missing and I, I think they need to lean more into that. Ashen says, are arms overload now with champion mods, even mods in general, or do you think this is a build pain Bungie wanted to inflict on this? Starting to think they're sadists well here's here's what i think the champion mods are doing the champion mods don't have a home right now i don't think they do personally i think that your gauntlets should just have a champion mod slot all by itself and you just designate what you're gonna do are you gonna do anti-barrier overload or unstoppable which is it take them off the artifact right take them off the artifact and just make it something that you're toggling according to what you're um, you know, according to what you're, what you're, what you're wanting to do um, I don't feel like they've quite found a home, a home yet cause they're still on the artifact, which means right now, when I went into content and I knew there was gonna be, like overloaded anti-barrier I gotta admit, I was annoyed I couldn't run my hand cannon, I was like really? like just let me run my hand cannon, just, just get could I just run my hand cannon with one of those mods on it? Like, please? Like, instead of saying no, no, no. You know, no. You gotta, you gotta run this one. You know what I'm saying? I I would, I would say, I would say, there's still, they still haven't quite landed champion mods. That might be a video I need to do. You know? Um, I I dislike how running most champion loadouts are running double primaries. That too, that too, maybe if they let you equip two at a time I, I don't know it just I still think the secret sauce was letting me equip two champion mods on a primary and I hold down X to toggle between the two that's that, I, I think that would have been better overload nades are frustrating because a lot of the champions will teleport out of them so I'd say, I say I don't, I don't think that's exactly the answer Um Seven energy for an unstoppable shotgun? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> that seems a little unreasonable. So you don't have to run double primary at all. The class item mods uh, wreck overload nonstop. SGs can use unstoppable and barrier. Again, here's 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 my take on champion mods. So this is why I'm I'm not won over by what you're saying. I think. If you give us more freedom with champion mods, how we equip them and how maybe we could, you know, it, it, as I said, even equipped two and I can toggle between the two. If you equip me to have a whole lot more freedom with champion mods, you're well within your right to put them in a lot more content and a lot more places. Because now I, it's it's just a matter of, uh, of, uh, of awareness. That's it. All I have to do is have awareness. I say, oh, um around the corner i got an unstoppable and an overload and i know they're there because it's listed on the activity and i make a combat decision a positioning decision and i hold a button down or do something and then i'm good to go you're adding a layer to the combat that requires me to not only just spec out ahead of time but to also just be aware and make decisions for efficiency purposes as opposed to what we do now is it's like, Oh, we'll throw on overload. I guess I'll be the overload guy. And then you run a weapon that you're not really interested in. And then you're, you're assigned to the, the one overload guy that shows up or the one or two or whatever. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it requires you to make a lot of changes and choices in your loadout for such a minor. It's, it's not necessarily a minor pain point in that. Yes, you need to be able to, you know, stun an ogre or whatever right give us more freedom and put more of them in the game because then when I go into hard content you're not just raising the delta you're not just beating the snot out of me with damage thresholds you're adding layers I have more to pay attention to more plates to spin more things to uh to do so um the Legendary Lost Sectors yesterday had an Overload Captain and a Barrier Servitor spawn right before the boss. That was annoying as heck to deal with since I had locked loadouts. Right, that's a perfect example right there of a pain point that makes sense if you can equip two, two champion mods and run the primary that you want to run. Do you see... I give you that freedom and suddenly that pain point is a good combat encounter instead of a frustrating stupid one. You're like, "What the frick? Why double primary?" Instead, you're like, "Yeah, no problem. I got my favorite primary that I grinded for. I'm I'm set up for this thing. I got I got the champion mods good to go, and then the combat feels like something you've adapted to as opposed to all right. I guess I'll run two champion mods or I guess I'll run a champion mod on my grenade and shotgun and hope I can close the ground like it's reckoning all over again it's content built for a particular loadout as opposed to content that pushes you towards loadout and combat decisions of your own do of, of your own making you know what I mean lament and an overload scout Yeah, you see, again, you're not even landing on the discussion when you go to builds that override the mechanic and just sort of, oh, yeah, I'll just run Lament and an Overload Scout. What if I don't want to run an Overload Scout? What if I want to run a Hand Cannon? What if I don't want to run Lament for every dadgum encounter? What if I want to do something else? Right? Again, you give players freedom with the champion mods, and then you can put them into more places. What you're doing is exactly the problem. Welcome to this season. If you go into content with overload, champs, you've got to run a scout, an auto rifle, or a grenade. What if I don't want to? What if my build? What if the weapons and the loadout that I chased and structured myself around is completely, it, it, you know, is completely out of step with what you're asking me to do? so again you're creating a reckoning situation where it's like well i better put on this exotic and this weapon and this mod for this encounter you might as well do curated loadouts at that point like i said i'm never going to see eye to eye with people that are totally okay with having their loadout basically dictated to them that's not that doesn't make any sense to me You got Aspects and Fragments, all these guns, all these loadout decisions, all this freedom with armor 2.0, and you sabotage that by basically dictating to me what I have to run in this encounter. You've either got to run one of these two primaries, or a grenade, or this sword. And I'm like, but that's, uh, what if that's not what I've specced into? I have a thousand choices and all these permutations of builds, and there's like two builds to choose between. Like that's that's not the crescendo of endgame. The same thing happened in Division One. You spend the entire campaign unlocking all this cool tech and all these cool abilities. Welcome to the endgame of Division, where everybody runs medkit stacking on and hides behind a wall, like. It's the same idea. Welcome to the endgame of Destiny. There's champions here. And there's only a couple of primaries that can handle the champs this week. And you're like, I don't want to run. Why? I'm telling you, remove the shackles and they can put champions in more places. So the content has a layer to it. You're making decisions. You know that when you run a hand cannon, your positioning has to be different than the guy that runs the scout or the pulse. Like it, it, You make adjustments, you position, you use different angles, and you make different combat decisions according to what's in the room and how you've outfitted yourself. So I just... I don't think you have a successful end game if everybody's coming to the same conclusion... Well, like, imagine it being like a loadout heat map and Bungie looks at Legendary Lost Sectors and they're like, yeah, most people are hovering around this, these two particular builds. I know. I, I don't think that that, especially when they're the ones determining what the champion mods are. You can always brute force champions you're making my argument stronger what's the point of having the mechanic when everybody just bypasses it we had champions in the contact public event everyone's like it's not that big of a deal lono and everybody just used guillotine if you're gonna bypass the mechanic it it becomes superfluous like why even have it at that point make it a genuine combat dynamic pain point that I make decisions and loadout choices in order to meet that on the battlefield as opposed to picking one of the two most popular loadouts or just brute forcing and ignoring it. That's not a combat situation that's been deepened, it's predictable, it becomes rote. They're right there. They're super, super close with what they could do, I think, uh, with champion mods, and they keep falling short. It just is a nuisance that dictates your loadout to you, is all it is. Rain the Dark. What's your take on Sweat saying that Destiny isn't sustainable for content creation? Do you think it's because of the way he and other streamers play, or is Destiny not meant for streaming content? Um there's a lot about that statement that it's not sustainable for content creation that doesn't really understand what destiny content creation was born out of there were people creating content during destiny 1 to great growth patterns and great uh viewership and we're talking about destiny 1 months of drought months of nothing going on like it was all about coming up with fun and creative things to do and things in the community and a lot of service oriented streams flourished because people couldn't get their trials or they couldn't get their raid runs it was a different time destiny 2 destiny 2 i have it right here on screen Destiny content creators have become difficult to please. Many have centered their content around things that Destiny has never consistently offered, and some have hit fatigue levels where they just quickly become bored and annoyed. Um, So I would say when you structure your content around something that Destiny has never established as a regular content offering or even really part of their identity, the problem is with your content offering, not with Destiny, right? I, the, the, the the Destiny content structure and delivery of, of content over the years has never centered around what those guys like to do there's nothing wrong with that that's what you like to do but like y- you appeal to an audience that doesn't want to see really anything else that's a narrow audience that's a narrow value offering and that's more on you than the content it's Bungie has never really made, they've never really made content that fits this, I'm going to make a career out of challenges and hard, insane, tough stuff, like, that's not destiny, destiny's never really been that way, it just hasn't, your content offering and your audience is narrow, figure out how to broaden and diversify, it's not the game's fault, I mean, the game's never, the game's never really offered that. It's never really been structured in that way. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, pre-forsaken to now, I still cannot make heads or tails of a lot of those growth patterns. I can't. I personally feel that the Destiny directory is just hemorrhaging viewership for a lot of reasons and it's not all centered around the fact that like, well, there's not enough really challenging stuff for me to do. I don't think organic growth was supporting what I still think was unnatural growth. Now, whether again, that was just this huge influx of Reddit people or people that loved you know, speed running and low mans and stuff, I don't know where all those people came from right? I never, ever experienced any, it never affected my viewership at all. Whoever was watching that content seemingly came out of thin air. They weren't, they weren't the normal uh, purple platform viewing audience. They just weren't. So wherever they came from, if they are in fact real, which to this date, I think, I think some of it wasn't, but you can't prove anything, right? If they all were real, if all those growth patterns Metrics doubling every week, right? If all those growth patterns were real, then you gotta be able to give them all of that. You just you just have to. And if you don't, they're gonna leave. They were not the casual, laid-back, chill, watch people stream Destiny viewing audience. They wanted to show up and see, like, a ridiculous amount of challenges or low man's or whatever. The only thing I could think, the only thing I could think is that leading up to now, maybe that there was this backlog of content they could always go in and do something weird with and do something funky with, and that was really appealing. I don't really know how that works from a, from a relevancy standpoint or an SEO standpoint. No one's really looking for, you know, those old pieces of content being engaged with. So, like, I, I genuinely don't know. I just think the bottom's falling out for one of two reasons. The bottom's falling out because the growth patterns weren't legitimate I actually put some chips on the table and I believe that I do believe there was a lot going on that wasn't real and the organic growth never caught up with the fake tons of people have done that over the years right they pay for growth on that platform hoping to get organic growth to make up to make up for the fake growth, right? So eventually your hope would be that you could down you could pay for less fake views and follows and the real organic ones would replace them. Well, that's a really really hard bucket to fill. You got you're you're constantly having to fill it to maintain the appearance of perpetual growth that never slows down. And we all know that that's just something in the business world known as fraud. However, in this in this realm whether it's legitimate or not when you're only offering one thing like let's say some guy started doing raid raid sherpa streams and just exploded and no one could make sense of it where did this person come from what is all this right you would have to say one of two things Either the growth isn't real or the growth is intrinsically linked to one narrow thing. And the minute that narrow thing goes down in demand or relevancy or hype, that crazy surge of growth is going to go with it. So it's one or the other. It's like either the growth either the growth was specifically and narrowly tied to this type of content. And the minute you can't do that... They're all going to leave. Or it's tied to paying for growth because you want directory placement because you know that's where all the love is. I don't know. I told people privately for years I felt like something else was going on and the bottom was going to fall out eventually. It That could be happening. Because I don't feel like we're in a far different scenario to when we had Garden. Right? But, like... When we had garden and a dungeon, did though did did those encounters really was that really a significant amount of more content to do? Was there really? Right now you have Deepstone Crypt that can you can do all kind of fun low man stuff. Garden had stuff you could low man stuff, right? Like there was plenty um there there was plenty to do. I don't understand. There's not this huge deficit of content right now that Shadowkeep had more of? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't think Shadowkeep had this massive massive amount of depth for content creation. I don't. I I don't know. I think that that, that, that it's possible, it's possible that they were they were um writing what they felt was like the high momentum and trying to be more competitive in the directory and so there was this appearance um, there was this appearance of of growth and strength and oh this is awesome and now they're not wanting to do it and it's all the content's fault like I don't know I, it's, it's sh- Shadowkeep <laughs> Keep had garden in a, in a, in, a uh, in a dungeon that's pretty much it like what what exactly was the difference back then that there is now? I, I don't I don't really know. I really don't. I mean maybe the nightmare hunts and the time trials, but even that I don't know <laughs> I don't know. It 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 just I don't know. Within the speedrunning community, a hundred percent you're missing multiple campaigns, adventures, and missions, so that category is also being targeted for Sticky Nade's Worldline ETC. I mean, I wasn't aware that Shadowkeep offered this mountain of stuff to be speedrun and challenges and stuff. I didn't really pay attention. Um, Shadowkeep gave us new systems and thus more build options, greater options for content. I mean, I could see that. I, I Again, I just don't know if you could argue that Shadowkeep had this crazy amount of depth and and hardcore appeal that Beyond Light's lacking. I mean, I just, I don't, there wasn't that much going on back then either. It's similar in substance and size. Um, I, I don't know. You had Vex Offensive, Vex Invasions, the Lectern, Nightmare Hunts, and then you had the Dungeon and the Raid. And I just, I feel like we're in a similar situation now because you've got The Empire Hunts, the legendary lost sectors, all of that's the loopable loopable content. Wrathborn Hunts is basically supplanting Vex Offensive, a small loot pool that's not that hard to engage with, and then you have a raid. The only thing that's really missing is the dungeon. Uh, I don't know. No new loot in PvP, no new maps in Crucible doesn't help. Yeah, but the people complaining about the lack of sustainability and content are not PvP players. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. Here's the thing I will tell you. Your relevancy as a content creator isn't guaranteed. The minute things dry up, all of your metrics can suffer, and it's up to you to figure out how to innovate and and how to pivot. When I When I experienced the Age of Triumph downfall, where suddenly nobody cared about Age of Triumph, and all of my viewership metrics and submetrics plummeted, everything dropped right before Destiny 2, I had to make a change. I didn't like how that felt. I didn't like my relevancy and my success tied to something that wasn't me, right? I had to make a pivot and a change, and I had to evolve. So if you're hitting a place with Destiny as a content creator, and you're like, there's not enough for me to do, there's not enough challenging content, there's not enough ways... Uh, for me to to do what I was doing up to this point well then you gotta pivot and you gotta build, you gotta, you gotta evolve you are not ever gonna have this constant form of relevancy and growth, that's why a lot of the growth patterns, for two straight years, having a constant steady growth pattern, I just, I don't know I look at a lot of that and think, I've never seen anybody, I've never seen anybody grow like that in a game as old as Destiny it just doesn't seem to happen, so I, I don't know I still think there's something underlying. I, I still think there's something else going on with respect to a lot of the growth patterns for that directory literally never slowing down for two years. That just makes my eyebrows go up. It's like, I, I've never seen anybody on that platform do that. There was explosive g- growth with Fortnite, but that was new hype. That was the hot ticket item. That directory was insane. The Destiny directory has never, has never afforded people a consistent and predictable growth pattern where every stream is a is a is a is a is a spike up to the same the same viewership plateau for any you know eight 16 hours it doesn't matter time of day it doesn't matter how long the stream is and the followers per minute it's predictable it's like i've never seen that i was over there i was over there for five years and there are people that hit growth patterns that don't make sense compared to virtually 90% of the platform's growth patterns. So, I don't know. I still think there's 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 another part of the narrative that we'll never really know what was truly going on, because there were inexplicable growth patterns that the bottom could just be falling out on them. I don't actually know. So... Alright, that's actually a fairly lengthy Q&A. We'll do VIPs if there's a big enough uh, demand for it and we're doing repeat theater today so don't go anywhere. If you're listening to this as a recording elsewhere you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com and as always, please like, share and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a VIP call-in session that followed my talk and Q&A session about Is Destiny Too Easy? If you're listening to this on any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch us live at sntrlive.com. That'll bring you to the YouTube channel. And if you pick the VIP tier and you're here during the day, you can join us live on these call-ins. Starting things off lightly, we were having a bit of a... To give you some context here before he starts, we were having a back and forth earlier and I said that the loot logistics and delivery in Destiny is the best it's ever been and he wants to call in about that. I don't know. I don't think he agrees with me. So lightly, why did you want to call in about loot delivery in Destiny?
1: Agree with you. Of course I don't agree with you. <laughs> um. So yeah I think the, the point that the person in chat made, I agree with that. I just don't, I wouldn't make it like that. Mm-hmm. I think that you're right that game you know nobody can claim what a looter shooter is and games always redefine their genre which is probably a good thing right
2: Mm -hmm.
3: well at the
1: same time i think people have universally certain expectations so a looter feels, i think originally destiny felt good and i think a lot of stuff plays into that right no collections no data mining take all of that into account and you went into the world and discovered loot and there was plenty and of course It's another argument you made that now it's spread out, but I don't think this is a counter to our point because what we are saying I believe is that it doesn't feel, it doesn't give you the feeling that other looter shooters give or that you would expect from a looter shooter. Meaning that you go into the world and explore things and loot drops and you have to figure out how to get it and maybe you get it, maybe you don't, you know? And I think that also plays into the difficulty aspect and I feel like the loot loses its meaning if it becomes just a a checkbox reward right that's what we have been criticizing about menagerie it becomes true to transactional and the seasonal model follows that i think europa is a little better and you know a lot of things play into that i I think i don't think i think the loot delivery is too i don't know if you could call it too easy too straightforward i think that the lack of loot doesn't help that it's spread out if you want to continue have this feeling of a looter shooter you need a lot of loot because you need to go into the world and feeling like, like you're exploring it like, it, like it's new, right? That's, that's why the world pool, loot pool, is so disappointing. It just, everything becomes a dismantle about them for older players and the new stuff is just isn't enough to not feel
0: transactional. Yeah, I, I, as you're saying it, I'm reminded of the double-penetrating, unkept herald that you could grind for in Borderlands 2, and... I feel like there's always pitfalls to any system. So if the system is too withholding, too random, players feel a sense of futility, and it's difficult for them to dig in somewhere. They don't really know. There's like this lost feeling of, I don't know where to direct my attention. So there's pitfalls to it being more random and mysterious, but there's also pitfalls to when it is transactional or when we become aware of best-in-class weapons. So in Borderlands, All the other weapons just sort of fell by the wayside late game because you needed slag and you really, really wanted the double penetrating unkept herald because its damage output was unmatched. So what ends up happening is that one weapon and that farm kind of cannibalizes the game where that's all you do. You just go for that weapon, go for that weapon, and the rest of the weapons and and the rest of the pursuits don't matter. So I think there's pitfalls to either system. What I think is probably better for engagement and loyalty is some semblance of targeted farms and then the RNG is there to make it not as transactional as, I think the worst system we had was re-rolling guns, so then everybody just material grinded, and then you just re- you get the gun one time and you're done. You just re-roll it until you get what you want. That's probably the worst version of targeted farm. And if you step that down a notch, I think the umbrals and the fractaline bounties and all of that, that was also too transactional just, just ordering value meals in the tower. I think we've moved far enough away from the transactional aspect to say... We're more in the middle grounds now where you do have to go into a particular activity or do a particular thing to get that gun. And but it still has the remnant of the pitfall of the of the well, this is very transactional. This is as you're saying, it's almost like you just do it and you get a I don't know what word you use like you just get like a token at the end. Here's your gun. Um. I, I will always agree that mystery is better. I didn't like when they showed us all the raid armor and everything before Wrath of the Machine came out. I thought that was kind of stupid. And now with collections, we can't help ourselves, right? As soon as I booted up, that's what I did. I went and looked at all the stuff. Um, as, as a streamer, too, people wanted me to, so it's kind of hard. Like it's, it's it's hard to ignore, to ignore that. Um, so... I don't know, there is a part of me that wishes, I know they try to like leave mystery by not putting everything on the calendar, I think maybe they could move a little bit more away from the transactional aspect, and maybe let us discover where stuff drops, maybe suddenly somebody discovers, oh my gosh, this waveframe grenade launcher is dropping... From this exo challenge, what the heck, and then people start grinding it, and that's always fun when like word of mouth spreads and everybody gets really excited about this thing that was discovered. So it's possible that we're still on a movement, we've moved away from umbrals and getting loot in the tower and more toward you know chasing loot from a boss or an activity. Uh, we've definitely moved, I think. It, on the spectrum, I feel like we've moved away from what you're describing as being too transactional, but maybe we're not done yet. Maybe some of your feedback is helpful in saying we could probably turn the dial even a little bit more away from this to add some more of the mystery, add some more of the randomness that's been that's been missing. Um, it, I, I, I don't know if you if you have a response to that because I I hear where you're coming from. It does sort of. Feel like we're just looking at the menu for this season, like when you go to a restaurant. We're just looking at all the pictures, and then once we see the menu, it's just a matter of going and getting it.
1: Uh, I do. I think, I think you bring up good points. I, I I don't I don't have a problem with the directionality of the loot. I think, together with all the other shortcomings, it's not a. This is not a shortcoming. I would agree that this is a step forward, right? The problem is that together with the lack of loot with the view into collections and a couple of other uh, choices they made it just it it, it's too much the in our full face view how how easy it is to just pick a a certain weapon and go for it you know what i mean if there was more loot and we didn't have for example the collections to look into and i know people bring up uh what is it called um data mining but honestly, I, I don't know. I I don't data not Bungie's fault. I was able to stay I'm somebody who's hardly like very difficult stays away from stuff, but I didn't check any of their data runs and it wasn't put in my face anywhere uh for the raid. And it worked just fine. It was a great mystery because I kept it for myself. So but collections are in the game, and as you said, it's like, you know, saying uh they should just keep the loot cave in game and if, if you if you like don't want to play that way, you you just shouldn't. I mean, we're, we're always going to check it, right? Because that's, that's part of the cool thing. You want to see what's new. But I feel like there's a lot of changes that they could revert, like uh, maybe collections. I mean, it would be enough if it, they were just invisible. I don't understand why the items just aren't invisible until you get them. And uh, yeah, add more loot. That's basically like, that's why I was hoping for the expansion. I understand they can't do that through the season, but I don't think it's an excuse to keep the expansion. And that's why I always come back to the money. I mean, we, we paid a lot you know that I don't care that much about the 40 bucks per se, but I would expect to have this feeling that stuff is new and that would contribute away from the directionality feeling too much like transactionality without taking it away.
0: Yeah. When we were talking about this earlier, just, I think it was, I think it was just in time, uh, his, he and chat, he and I went back and forth kind of springboarding off of what you and I were going back and forth with. And I did say that when you give us great logistics like this, the quantity becomes very noticeable because you can really target each gun and go for what you want and you're like man, that, that 30 gun weapon pool, about 15 of them matter to me and I'm done, like oh my gosh like the, the loot intentionality and in targeted farming almost magnifies our awareness of a lack of loot quantity so I do think this system that they've come up with where They're going to give us more targeted and intentional farming and more player agency over, oh, you want this? Or, oh, you want high stat that? Just go into this activity and that's where you kind of, that's the circle that you run. I think that's great, but they're essentially building a really efficient... Have you ever, if you've ever watched any of those, you know how they do it, or you know whatever, and you you see really interesting agricultural tool developments where they develop some tool that can go over farmland twice as fast for crop harvesting. Well, we have a really efficient tool for for loot harvesting, and the acreage of land is still is too small. Like we're combing over, we're combing over the acreage, and we're like, okay, I'm I'm done, and. More than likely, I think they're just banking on the fact that we're probably anomalous in in that regard, like most people are still chasing, most people still don't have everything they're looking for, and so we're, as we said the other day, we're on the front of the wave, we get to the shallow water faster than everybody else, because we ride the front of the wave, we put in the most hours, we chase all the stuff, we figure out the best ways, like... I'm not going to scold anybody, but if you farm the security encounter and then dump 240 spoils at the end of the raid, and then in two or three weeks, you're like, I have all the raid god rolls. Well, okay, but you literally found the single most efficient route and just absolutely beat the tar out of it. Like, that's not really what most of the player base is going to do. So I agree this system does beg for more loot quantity. I think an expansion should have 60 weapons and then and then season should have 30. There should be a noticeable quantitative difference so the 60 they throw in in the expansion kind of helps pad out the remainder of the year cuz we were having a little bit of a disagreement over the over the weekend in the discord and I said, you know, if you compare the loot quantity of the Taken King to this this loot quantity, you're always going to come up short now, because this is not meant to last for 9 to 10 months, this is meant to last for 3. And I know you're like, well, it costs the same, I'm comparing expansions and pricing, and I'm like, that's true, but we're in a different video game economy now, we're, we're dealing with a different loot and content delivery, so in Bungie's mind, if they do 30 weapons for every, for the 4 things they add, they do an expansion in 3 seasons, so that's 4, that's 120 weapons, and that's likely going to be equal to or greater than what we used to get in the annual expansion format where it was tons of stuff that just, and honestly, truth be told, it didn't have staying power anyway. So sure, the quantity was higher, but there was no staying power there. Um, So I'm willing to say that the new structure is going to lack quantity and that maybe gets magnified by player agency and intentionality, especially for hardcore players, and that they should consider adding more loot if they can especially in an expansion I think getting 30 weapons in a season is totally fair, it's you know, it's 10 bucks but an expansion that cost me essentially $50 only having the same number of weapons as basically what Season of Dawn had, I think that's where a lot of us are sort of like, ah this Uh, this is the one major factor we keep coming back to. Strikes Gambit and Crucible. No real new loot. Exo Challenges. No loot. You know, it's it's three loot pools for 50 bucks. You know, it just feels kind of light when I got basically the same amount of weapons in Season of Dawn. So um... I feel like 60 in the 25 to 30 is a sweet spot, but 30 for a big expansion just doesn't cut it, in my opinion, especially when the seasons bring around 20 to 25 weapons. People are going to notice that immediately. Exactly. And you can point to the new subclasses in Europa and the new activities all you want. Ultimately, that stuff all becomes a mechanism to get the loot, so the loot starts to become the focus pretty quickly, even for casual players, I would think. So, um, I don't know if you have anything you want to add.
1: No, I think think you mostly hit the nail on the head. I I think... I think after our discussion on the weekend, I feel, I feel I, I was probably what I wanted to express is probably and and this is just an opinion. Like obviously, some people like it more, especially people who don't like PvP. But and why I got a little upset, let's say this way, is because the 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 parts that were important to me, like let's say a new Iron Banner set, and new Iron Banner weapons, were ripped mm-hmm. out, put in the free to play, and now people are saying, well. You know it's free to play so they shouldn't uh shouldn't update it right and to me it's just like yeah but maybe they shouldn't have ripped it out then i don't know keep it keep it uh, for the paid people and, and and update it with loot instead of i don't know instead of giving me a shallow that that would that would be me shallow seasonal activity that would be probably my preference and and it just feels like um like what you were saying this and some people say uh, they they would like the game to be this way and you answer well it never ha- has been that way that's true but but it's also never been this way it is now right so they made changes in a direction right I, I feel like destiny 1 started and it was you know it was hard to get loot and people wanted some tweaking and they did a lot of good in the right places but some somewhere in that also they went in a different direction right and we just have to accept that probably but I think a lot of people just have these, like, hopes that maybe they'll turn back into this other vision, you know, more more hardcore, uh, less accessible loot and, and rare loot, you know. That's probably where, where we are coming from.
0: Right. And the Iron Banner thing, I think that's attached to a big – there's a big animal in the room that they've got to wrestle to the ground. And it's this idea that – free-to-play funnels don't get anything. And I'm like, that is so dumb. Like, no. They're they're totally within their right to give free-to-play players standard, old reissued Iron Banner, Trials, Crucible, Vanguard, and Gambit. Like, reissue all that stuff with standard rolls, and there's a free-to-play loot pool. And when I buy the season pass, there's all this new stuff that is no longer grayed out. And it's a new armor set, and it's new, you know, a couple of new guns they are well within their right to monetize in that way, and I think they're making a mistake by not doing that, because you're (laughs) it just feels like you're dragging these content funnels and Iron Banner you're dragging them just behind the game, like it's just dead carcass, it's like this is all old stuff, like why, why would anybody care about this, you're you're what I said earlier, you're doing 80% of the effort to build the thing and another 10 or 20% of an effort would capstone it perfectly. It's like, don't take the time to put Iron Banner on the season pass and reissue stuff and do all this and make updates to the bounties and blah, blah, blah. Don't do all that if you can't go the extra 10 or 20% and add some new loot in there. It's It feels pointless. Um, so, yeah, I I think Iron Banner is in the same camp as zavala shacks and drifter they've got to get some love every season you can't keep hiding behind well that's free what are you talking about like the, <laughs> you do you you add stuff all the time that you can't get unless you're paid and i feel like our old pillars of content are just getting cannibalized by free to play and it just feels unnecessary
1: yeah i, I also i i think without taking too much time from the others I think that yeah what you said with the funnel is true you can't really argue that something is free and that well, that's it shouldn't get content I, I think that even the free stuff uh, has a lot of value and brings in potential customers right so yeah I, I 100% agree well thank you for the discussion I don't want to take more time from the rest of the
0: callers oh no yeah thanks for calling in dude thank you bye bye alright Orion is next Go ahead, sir. You said here you're calling in about game difficulty versus player improvement. And right. let me unmute you. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, right. So basically one of my clanmates brought this idea up to me, and it was very interesting. We were talking about like the game difficulty and how like we're reaching a point in Destiny where we're getting kind of into our stride, even as like, not even like super hardcore raid players, where we kind of Can you know know the difficulty of the game, even if it's on like, for instance, like on contest on day one, like, so like the question really stems from: Are we like if they say they bring out hard mode, how much longevity will that bring before it just kind of becomes the new norm? Before we're like, all right, we're 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 blowing through this. We're not having issues. This is pretty much you know par for the course because. Mm -hmm. I mean, the game's been out for, like, almost seven years at this point. I I think actually a little over seven years. But, and, like, we've all been playing for, you know, everyone who's been playing all the way through. So we know, you know, when there's a ball, you usually got to put it somewhere or throw it somewhere or do something with it. Like, there's there's a lot less you can do with, like, challenging the player. And when it comes to enemies, I don't want it to go in the bullet sponge route. Because that's one of the biggest reasons I quit Division. Because it was, like, just not fun so i'm i'm really curious on like your opinion and chat's opinion or what as well as like how how much longevity do you see like hard mode rates giving us like long term that's kind of where i'm going to end it
0: i think the longevity would have to be linked to a to a loot driver if there were new pieces of loot or at least a new quality of loot because that that would be one of the main things that would kind of keep you going back in because if it was literally a checkbox of you're just going to do it to get the triumphs or whatever, you'd do it for a week or two and then you'd put it down. If there's no loot motivator, I think loot longevity, it, uh, I think, I'm sorry, I think loot quality and loot hierarchy is tied to endgame longevity, uh, which is one of the reasons there's so many people raiding right now because we have really good player agency over getting raid loot, and I I think that's playing a part. I know people are like, well, Deep Stone Crypt is so much easier. I would say it's one of the more accessible raids, but I also think loot delivery is motivating people to be like, I'm gonna go in there. Oh my gosh, this is so much player choice and uh, agency we've never had before. So if you suddenly put out a hard mode version of the raid, I don't think you're wrong. Just like hard mode Kingsfall and hard mode Wrath, it becomes... It just becomes easy. I remember running hard mode axis, and people telling me i don't think you're going to be able to take people through this lono and i already had my gears turning as like a as like a sherpa or whatever you want to call me of i know how i'm going to coach people and where to have them stand and how to walk through this and we got to the point where wrath with challenges was taking us 45 minutes we you know we take two ringers and we have three raffle winners we were blitzing we were blitzing that rate i think that's inevitable it's inevitable. You're always going to hit that That uh, what were the words that I used uh, da, 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 da. I think it was in the second section where I said um, people confuse ability, familiarity and synergy with something being too easy. You just, your abilities get better, you know where to stand our loadouts right. are really strong and then you have familiarity and synergy with your team and they're like well this is easy. Every time I ran raids people would be like I can't believe this team is struggling and I'm like we're not running it with the same guys every week who you know you can rely on you know Jeremy and Greg and Dave to all do exactly what they need to do you know Um, and so and as you're talking like player improvement I do want to say there's only so many tools in the toolbox of how Bungie can trip us up split us up and make us do things as a way of challenging us, there's only so many tools in that toolbox. So we very quickly adapt to the mechanical requirements, and the main thing that trips people up day one contest is that... You die quicker than you're used to. We all know that's that's kind of disorienting. You're just you're not used to dying that fast. You, we all get lazy lead feet in Destiny. Lazy lead feet syndrome is you just you get accustomed to like I can stand here and face tank. Most of these enemies are not a threat. And then all of a sudden you have to play differently. Day one, you're like, oh my gosh, I actually have to move around. Yeah. This this captain's in my face and I can't kill him fast enough. You know. Yeah. Like so, um. Go ahead.
2: Sorry to cut in, but they like, like day one deep stone crypt um the middle servitor for at least a tracks was literally a nightmare to kill not because it was hard but it was right next to the boss and the boss would one bang you with a stomp so you had to figure out like use snipers or like some type of range thing you couldn't you know just run up on him with a shotgun or a sword or something so Mm -hmm. that that right example of how like it's like you can't do what you'd normally do so it kind of throws you for a loop so it's like okay i gotta you know make sure he's not so close to the boss that i instantly die i gotta kind of be smart about this And I think that's that's one of the benefits of like like difficulty like it like it's kind of like what some people were saying like changing the encounters a little bit like you were saying earlier. I really like that idea of having like an augment stealer Mm -hmm. not because like I think it'll like drastically change the encounter, but it'll make you have something else to think about while you're doing it. It won't be like oh i just gotta you know stand here and wait for this thing to spawn then do that now you got like a random enemy that could just run up to you and take your take your buff you're like oh oh Mm -hmm. crap guys my buff's gone you know like it it Mm -hmm. adds that layer of like i don't want to say panic because i don't think they want to panic people but it adds that layer of like you gotta watch it watch out basically yes it's another it's
0: another plate to spin yeah it's another plate to spin
2: and it's like you know you can only do so much and i get that
0: Well, I just thought of something too, and I don't want to harp on this because I think people get tired of me getting on this hobby horse, but I think the raid philosophy in Destiny 2 is part of the reason why every raid except for, I would say except for Riven Legit, all of these raids have something, there's a sense of like, oh this is actually pretty easy once we know what we're doing and there's a reason for that you everybody has to stay alive and do their part so they can only stretch the team so far before it would break down and expecting perfection from 6 people would become more frustrating than challenging and fun so i do think the raid philosophy Automatically makes it to where they can't ask too much of the team. Like, think about D1 hard mode. If you died, you were dead. No You're one's getting you back up again. You're out. <laughs> and the team has to decide, do we press on? Is it worth it to press on? Have we done enough damage to the boss? Are we far enough in the fight to continue? Now, it's different. It's like, they, they have to make it palatable and, and quote unquote completable enough to jive with their rev res timer res yeah, token
2: you have six revives now yeah so it's everybody like has, has to link times.
0: arms and beat it that beat it together like that philosophy i do think is playing a part here they can only ask you to do so much as a six man team
2: yeah and to continue off of your point about the res system i remember in base game destiny it was actually different like if so like if you died your res token would go away and the person that res you would lose one so you lost them kind of twice as fast as you do now And I can't even remember when they changed this, but I definitely remember on Leviathan, at least it was like that, where it's like we really only have three revives. which while it didn't, you know, make it take away any of the issues, it definitely alleviated it a bit because it's like, all right, make sure we don't die. It it, it basically made death more of a non-factor. It's like, all right, somebody died. We got to I mean, we, we can make a decision here. You know, we got three lamps left on baths do we do we just try and five man it What like what do we want to do you know and i feel like these newer like the newer raids they're kind of taking away that not intentionally mm-hmm. mostly just to make it more accessible which i agree with but like you said there should definitely be an alternate mode where it changes things maybe like and it's simple like literally just have a contest mode with no revives and i think you could probably get a lot of like 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 work out of that add some like new loot or like so add some difference to the loot maybe haha i don't know like unique perks on the armor or like maybe like higher stats because lord knows high stat armor is not dropping from that raid for me at least
0: (laughs) i mean i think i think i think a contest modifier raid with you'd have like three reses as a team or maybe none Mm -hmm. and no timer so contest modifiers on and if and if one or two people die or I mean honestly you could they could maybe experiment with it if you die you're done you're out Mm -hmm. and we get to press on I, I hate the notion of like oh somebody died and then it's like well can we get them and then the question is do we have enough time so you're looking at a timer and the timer is determining what you do as opposed to it being determined by the team's volition and ability do you want to, volition, are you going to choose to continue, An ability can you, are you good enough to four man or five man, like instead of it being determined by the team the agency and choice of the team it's determined by a, a stopwatch no, we don't have enough time, we have to go two more waves and the timer's gonna count down and kill us, so it's like I just, that yeah, aspect definitely. of raiding I, I don't like it, and I know people get tired of me beating on this horse, but I just I do feel it's affecting raids in a way that Maybe we're sensing it now more than ever with Deepstone Crypt because they they kind of have to be gentle with us because everybody has to stay alive.
2: Yeah, well, that that segues into your point. They can introduce something like what you want with a you know a contest mode or a hard mode or something, and that would be a perfect place to put like only x amount of revives or once you're dead you're dead, and you know kind of have that because I think you can get a lot of clutch moments and a lot of excitement out of just adding something so simple. In hindsight, where it's like, all right, once you're dead, you're dead, and no timer, you know, like, and then just having the enemies be a little like, like more harder, and maybe, I don't know, do, do something with the AI like they do on Grand Masters and stuff. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for them right now to cater to both groups of players, whether it be hardcore and casuals, because casuals are loving it, you know. Deepstone Crypt, I, I keep seeing people say it's my favorite raid, man. Mm-hmm. I, I've run it 15 times this week, I can't get enough of it. So it's like, that's not our like like the issue isn't that like the raid is bad because it's a fantastic raid the issue is like people are like the hardcore players are just like man i wish i had more of a excitement when i'm playing it because it's starting to get a little mundane you know it was was exciting day one and like a day or two after but now it's just like more par for the course so like throw us for a loop maybe you know so i feel like that that is kind of how they can improve game difficulty in a way that will jive well with player improvement you, you know like you said because we'll eventually we'll figure it all out but having those first few runs of being like oh i wonder what's gonna happen you know oh wait how's this work you know that, that's exciting like that's kind of why people run day ones because they, they're trying to figure things out and have a good time so i don't know that's all i was
0: wanting to talk yeah. about so no but, and that and uh, you saying everybody's saying is that they're having the most fun i wonder sometimes if having a normal mode that is a little bit more fun and accessible it doesn't have to be easy i wonder if the fun factor goes up when it is it is in a a safer lane and then that leaves room for the hard mode to kind of kick you in the teeth you see what i'm saying like that might be the best mix i love that people are having fun i feel like wrath had a similar vibe like it it people got to a place where it felt accessible and I don't know. want to say easy but it was really fun and then hard mode was kind of tough hard mode with challenge was even more tough because you had to go Vosic four rooms and then you had to play slam at axis so like right. I, yeah I wonder if there's a fun factor here where there's like a happy recipe where it is a little easier but it's way more fun and then that's your perfect cause to say we need a hard mode
2: right yeah so and I mean it's ripe for the taken for them they just have to act on it so
0: yeah that's all, all right, I was calling
2: man. in for. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks for calling in. All right, I am going to our last caller of the day. Thomas B says, reissued Iron Banner and Transmog. Go ahead, sir. So, uh,
3: yeah, as we uh, have heard, like, I believe it was with the trailer of uh, Beyond Light that uh, Bungie has been thinking about Transmog, and uh, they didn't give us exact date on when it would come, Mm -hmm. uh but they said that it would come sometime in like the uh future and uh like yeah transmog uh, would be like amazing uh you know instead of like constantly trying it's like i love new monarchy it's sad all the roles that i find are like 50 roles so it's like (laughs) eh. but uh The one problem that I see with transmog, and if you see like the vendor refreshes and like the iron banner, what happens when uh, we have transmog and we no longer need to uh, base, like once we get that, uh, our like god tier rolled uh, armor, like why do we go into like iron banner? Like what's what's the, the real reason? or um, like what's the value of it if you can just pull up your ornament and just put it onto your armor
0: this is actually a great question i mean the the main driver would be one of two things uh, sun would be a driver eventually you are going to have to replace your stuff but like you're saying if i can go and farm a high stat farm and get all my armor replaced and that I can just transmog to make myself look how I want, why would I chase armor and iron banner? The only thing I would think that they'd have to probably rely on would be the idea that, let's say you really like the way the iron banner armor looks. Well, the way to unlock transmog for it, they said it's going to require in-game effort. I would hope that in-game effort would maybe be associated with the origin of the armor. So, like, raid armor as an example, if you want to convert raid armor into an ornament... I, a universal ornament, I feel like the in-game effort would be in the raid. So instead of just going, getting all the raid armor and be like, yep, I'm done. I already have high stat armor. I'm going to turn all this raid gear into ornaments by running a lost sector. Like, that would feel kind of chintzy yeah. and kind of so, silly. So
3: so, are you saying like, uh, like basically, uh, once you get the armor, it's like, hey, uh, you might not like the, uh, the roll on the arms. Well, you can convert it into let's say a currency that can be used to transmog so like you can't always like uh you know transmog something for free so that means you would actually have to do uh the activity like eventually because you would run run out of that currency yes uh but on on another just a fun note like uh you were talking about uh d1 and uh like it, it was like yeah like uh you know they had no revives it's like yeah it's like i still play d1 and it's like uh, uh like we have a couple guys that go wrath and uh you know they do self-revives solo also there's a uh, good old Crota where uh yeah Crota doesn't really care what you do you can go into uh your secret room and he'll just come down and uh say hi to you mm-hmm. yeah but um I, like, I I think I mentioned this before and I, like, uh, I think it was, uh, like, you're not the biggest, uh, fan of, like, bringing back, uh, you know, D1 loot. Am am I wrong about that?
0: I'm, yeah, I'm not. It just really depends. I don't mind if they're exotics, but yeah, if suddenly they were to bring back, like, Imago Loop or Fatebringer in the right circumstances it'd be cool like when the undying mind came back if he would have just been d- dropping imago that would have been fun i mean it, it, everybody yeah. everybody would have farmed it but i don't i know people are asking me this because i've asked across this video um he, he like that that was his argument like just bring back a lot of the d1 stuff I yeah think i would be more apt to say there's so much great loot from year one that got that got Locked in time because of static roles. Like bring yeah. those back, Lincoln Green, Scaife lock You know, banana man. The, bring these back. If you're going to re- bring back weapons and reissue, you already have guns in the game that work within this game structure and engine. And the guns from D1 would essentially have to be recreated. I mean, they did that for Trials. Those were remade and retested and you know, recontextualized to the current meta of like what a sniper does and what a hand cannon does. So. I would think from a developmental standpoint, it would make more sense to pull Lincoln green or something as opposed to going back and getting a clever, clever dragon. Um. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I can see that. And I do agree with that. Like, uh, like I said, I'm a, a digital media major. I, I do modeling. That's, that's what I do, but uh I'm just more in kind of the intermediate level of that. Uh, I've heard of a number of issues with uh, Bungie's uh, engine. How uh, I mean, it's it's an upgrade from what they had before, but it's just incredibly taxing. Uh, just in just doing anything like rendering, that's that's one big issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I I do agree. Like, you know, it would be kind of uh, For a lot of people, it's like, hey, uh, I played D1 and uh, they're bringing back like uh, this armor that or like these weapons that I got in D1. And it's like, you know, it's it's a really tricky issue because on one hand, it's like, oh, if they bring it back for free, it's like, hey, I I put money into uh, grinding for those weapons in D1. And on the other hand, if it's like uh, you have to pay for it, it's like I, I already did this and uh yeah yeah it, it's it's a uh, it's a tricky issue uh i mean one idea that i've thought of is for uh d1 players that have you know if you have your emblem or not you can actually get access to uh like some of those like weapons and roles uh but uh on on a different note uh you said like what is like a uh, kind of a, a new maybe engaging way to uh, you know a drive for like people to uh, uh, get how would I say uh, you know okay my idea is you have exotic uh, like armor and weapons you know how uh, you have might a multi-tool that has might a mini-tool what if you uh, you had a basically uh, uh, a legendary armor set to go with exotic armor would that be like one way uh, to like uh, have people like reengage to uh, get something unique i I think they have this in uh Diablo as well but yeah
0: yeah uh It'd be cool to see something like Graviton Lance or, you know, a lot of the, especially, I think exotic primaries just get ignored. You know, 75% of them just don't get a lot of play. You know, bringing those out somehow, um, to have Suros Regime pair up with an exotic piece of armor um, or even just another legendary or something. You know, Suros Regime just doesn't get a lot of love. It's hard to justify using it. So the only challenge I think they would have there there's so many exotics that it it, it might have to be new pairings Um, because if not I don't think they could create enough exotic pieces of armor to really uh, love on all of the primaries I mean thorn and necrotic grips is an example but I think that's too I honestly think that's our biggest hint and foreshadowing of a poison subclass I think they did that on purpose I don't necessarily think that means we're going to keep getting exotic armor pairing with exotic guns Um, uh i love the idea i think practically speaking it'd be really tough for them to do this it, if they were going to go for it you know, there's so many exotics is the biggest yeah. one i would say spend more bandwidth making graviton lance worth using or something like try to go yeah. back and come over them or take my suggestion the minute you cross into what's considered challenging content or something like a the minute you're in uh grandmasters or or hard mode raids if that's everything I think exotic small arms should be a modifier that gets added. So yep. suddenly exotic primaries do stand head and shoulders above legendary yep. primaries, and you're the ad control guy.
3: And, and one of the uh, one of the things that you, like, touched on is, like, the difficulty of raids. And, uh, like, one of the problems with, like, Destiny, I mean, if you... People, uh, you've said, like, is uh, Destiny hard? Is, are the raids too easy? And I'm like... And I look at it, it's like, well, compare it to uh, like raids in World of Warcraft. Uh, There's a raid uh, in, I think, Vanilla, it was called Cthulhu. Uh, It took over 86 days for the raid to actually be cleared. And we just don't have that in uh, like in Destiny. And like part of the reason is because those bosses are always moving, they don't really have really a damage phase uh, and also the mechanics are just uh, always active uh, but I I feel like if they did something like that I think uh, it, it would um, wouldn't you say like it would you know bring something new you know kind of like uh, when uh, Oryx would actually kidnap one one of uh, your teammates uh, your guardians and put him into you mm-hmm. uh, Basically, the ascendant planes, and you ha- would have to like duel or something like that.
0: Yeah, i I don't think you're going to see combat structure requirements and like boss dynamics and boss agility and, and, and you know the the boss depth of mechanics and what you're doing. I don't think you'll see any of that change dramatically unless we leave behind the old consoles that run 30 fps and 75 fov i mean um, we,
3: we probably will eventually see that because that's what happened with rise of iron
0: i agree with you i agree it could be at lightfall it could be at witch queen uh, i think a lot of people are saying that they think lightfall is when they'll make significant changes to the game and drop the old consoles and that's when things will get bigger and crazier and they'll say listen we want to do all this stuff with I think by then we'll have six subclasses, three dark, three light, and they, you know they're going to have a lot of things going on that won't work on the old systems. And then that might be when you see bosses become very different in what they sort of ask of us. Uh, and maybe they're laying the groundwork now with moving things from the quest script to the physics script and all of that. I mean, we're already seeing a difference, I think, in AI movement and behavior that's a hint at how they'd like to evolve some of that. So... Yeah. Um, that could be coming. What? I I've, I have to actually cut this yeah, because
3: one 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 last question. Just okay.
0: Uh. So,
3: what was your favorite exotic weapon back in D one? Sleeper. mine was uh, uh. What was it, super good advice?
0: Oh, it was super good advice. Yeah.
3: yeah. Dude, I I love that in PvP. It's like you would just like uh shoot it and like ninety nine percent of all your ammo
0: would come back yeah the candy cane it looked like a candy cane yeah um, i love sleeper i thought i think sleeper is still one of the greatest weapons they've ever created the lore behind it what it looks like what it sounds like i think it's the coolest it's the coolest weapon it's so awesome that and that and outbreak are like my two favorite the way they brought outbreak into d1-2 with the wrath and the puzzle and the room oh so those yeah. both those guns are they're they're, they're relics of a different age, man. I love yeah. those guns. So Just
3: like Universal Remote.
0: <laughs> yeah, making people hate PvP. Uh, all right, well, thanks for calling in, Thomas, Orion, and Lightly. Appreciate you guys. And we're going to call that there. I'm going to end the recording. Uh, Stick around. We got more coming. We got more shows. So much is happening this week. So if you're in the live audience, don't go anywhere. If you're kind of done with me for the day, that's fine. A lot of people tend to head on out when question, answer, and VIPs are done with. Hit like and subscribe on your way out. If you're actually listening to this as a recording elsewhere, you can always go to sntrlive.com to catch me live. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.